From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Hi, this is Patrick Timpone, and this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Is it too dark in here? Am I okay? Can you see me all right? Adam, shake your head. Can you see me okay? <laughs> Sorry for me to tell. Yeah, we had... <clears throat> We don't have any sun going on here. Well, it's the uh, 3rd, 4th, I don't even know what day it is. What is the day? Where did my computer say? Oh, the 4th of April. My goodness. April 4, my nose itches already, and it's 2022. Just in case you're lost, another week of broadcast excellence here from our little show on OneRadioNetwork.com. We're kind of a boutique uh, show that we do. We're not on UB2B, but we're on BitChute. And, um, you know, there are there are young girls with um, videos of cats that look like Hitler that have 10 times as many hits as we do. So we are a boutique show <laughs> because, you know, cats that look like Hitler are a lot more exciting than what we talk about for most people because we try to get to the nitty-gritty deep down into the the depths of uh, what the heck is going on on planet Earth in uh, geopolitics, in politics, nosages, in, um, and in the world of health, of course, and money and spirituality, too, of how this all works. So that's what we do. And, you know, most people uh, don't care uh, that much about the good stuff. They just want the superficial stuff, you know. So we don't do that. So I'm glad you can join us. Uh, here's our phone number, and I believe it's working. I'm pretty sure it is. 888-663-6386. If you try to get on and uh, can't, just uh, send me an email and I'll reboot it. But last time I checked on Friday, the 800 number was working. 888-663-6386. Email patrick, oneradionetwork.com. You'll meet Adam Bergstrom on the first Monday of every month. You're going to meet him in just a flash after I tell you about this week's shows coming up quickly. Tomorrow, Flat Earth Dave. So if you think we're still spinning around the sun, join us tomorrow, 10 o'clock Central, with questions for Flat Earth Dave. He's a fun guy. He'll be here tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I know you have questions. Say, hey, come on, I can't well, Just email him or call and Tell him why you think he's crazy. Uh, and then tomorrow, around noon, you'll meet uh, a very uh, fascinating woman. Her name is Dr. Samantha Bailey. She is in New Zealand. And she used to be a doctor and uh, be a rock star down there on TV until she starts talking about uh, vaccines and the dangers, and there is no germ, and they took away her license and threw her off television, and she couldn't be happier. She's she's a great gal. We'll have a fun time talking to her. Fred in the Real World of Money on uh, Wednesday, the first uh, Wednesday of the month, Fred Dashevsky, and this is where you should buy some gold and silver coins, and we'll tell you about those today because the way things are going, yeah, I think you should get some. And then we've also asked Tom Luongo to come on Wednesday. Uh, it's so interesting. People have waxed philosophically about various uh, currencies. 
to be backed by gold. I mean, you've read about it for years, right? And he goes, always said, nah, it ain't happening. And it pretty much is not anywhere. But Vladimir Putin, the rascal that he is, uh, began selling his gas, his oil, his wheat, and his minimals for rubles or gold. He pinned the ruble to gold that way, and he's probably the, the first, the first since 1933, uh, currency to actually be interconnected with gold. And uh, Tom Luongo will explain to us the next time we get him on, maybe Wednesday, of how that is working. Fascinating. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Old Vladimir Putin. He's playing chess, and uh, with Russia, he and China and India are playing chess, and Biden is still playing checkers and marbles. So this is what's going on on planet Earth, and we'll talk about more about that as we go. Now to our, our guest. Adam Brookstrom's a good guy, uh, a good friend of mine, and uh, I think you'll like him if you haven't heard him. He is... Uh, uh, in California, and you know, I don't know why he's still out there. I keep, keep trying to drag him here to Texas, but hey, someday he'll he'll come, and maybe. And uh, his he has two websites: Sun Solar Sync Solar Sunsync Nutrition, and uh, Adam Bergstrom. Good morning. How are you, sir? Solar Mister B. Good morning. Solar time. Solar Still out there in California, aren't you? I just don't know what to do with you out there in crazy land. You know, it's a beautiful paradise here, and they're trying to drive the good guys out. A lot of people are leaving. We say Occupy California. <laughs> occupy. That's right. They had Occupy Wall Street. You have Occupy. You had Occupy. California. Yep. Occupy California. Bring the good guys back and get rid of these uh, Governor Stalin. <laughs> Yeah, you have the you have the craziest guy out there, don't you, man? Yeah, it's a it, the poly, the place is a paradise here. Believe me, it's a paradise, but it's messed up, <laughs> seriously messed up. They passed, I think, eleven hundred or twelve hundred last I heard laws for years. You can you you have to be uh, three feet away from a bicycle. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do that. A new law every time. Uh, you can't park here uh, except in certain circumstances. This, that, that laws go on and on. All the mask laws, all of this and that. Yeah, crazy. So, and as you as you probably know, as you pay attention to things, one of the reasons why there are still container loads, millions, <laughs> sitting on the docks in. What is it? What's the big dock out there? Um, um, the big port. They all come in uh, Long Beach. In Long Beach, is because Mussolini and his squad they they did all these crazy things with the truckers two or three years ago, right? And you had to have this kind of uh, mileage and a catalytic converter, special one, and they're still not picking up stuff. And that's one of the main reasons why this thing is going on. These supply chain shortages, they like to call them. Yep. Bear, she- Bear Shelves Biden. Who's that? Bear Shelves Biden, they call the president. And, uh, and Gavin Newsom, you know, he's under the uh, he's under the payment of the Getty family. If you've heard of Getty Oil. Oh, New- oh Getty. Mussolini is? Really? 
Oh, yeah, that, that's who got him in power. The Getty family and several other powerful families. And the Getty family rules California. I mean, oh. they're in charge. And I won't go into the depravity of the Getty family. Don't want to do that, but man. believe me, and they hang out here in Montecito, too. It, it's beyond, uh, beyond the he-she uh, category and way beyond. Uh, way beyond. Yeah, we don't want to do that. This is a family show. Wow. Yeah, that's why I'm not even going to talk not about it. Gonna... The Getty family, uh, your listeners can... Uh, Listen, can look it up, look up the Getty family, and look at their connections with Newsom. It's really easy to put it together. So it's kind of common knowledge out there for those who seek and find. You know, it's not common knowledge. Oh, it's not. I mean, but you got to really people, research it, right? A lot of people are sheep bots. They're unaware. They yeah. just take what they read in the mainstream. You're not going to find the Getty family mentioned in mainstream news. But if you're in Montecito and you're near the Rosewood Miramar and some of these places, they, the Biltmore, et cetera, you're going to know what's going on by reading the local papers. Stuff that never gets any further. So that appears, this appears, Adam, how, how these, these Looney Tunes get away with so much stuff because they just literally appears, they just literally go in and... and uh, and by people, huh? They, they, yeah, our education is set for seed. They know that. That's why they put a commercial on for a drug. They have beautiful butterflies, people walking on the beach, seagulls, rainbows, <laughs> unicorns, all of that. And it says this drug may cause uh, tuberculosis, cancer, uh, blah, 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 blah. Every day, gout, painful this, death immediately, blah, blah, blah. And they still buy it. <laughs> and they don't because even they tell don't you what it is good for. They ask, they say, ask, ask if you, you ask your doctor if this is good for you. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay. and, and you know, uh, I, I wised up on Facebook. I used to see the most ridiculous type of uh, propaganda, and they would pop it, pop it up and said, look at this. Look at this product. And people, and, and it, I'd have all the warnings in it, and they'd say, where can I get it? Where can I get this? Everybody would say. Wow. And finally, I stopped putting the negative stuff up because I realized I was promoting it by by ridiculing it, and it didn't work. That the people would see that read the advertisement, see that, and not pay attention to what I was saying. No. That's how serious it is, and how I realized that our education process is absolutely ludicrous these days. It's all it's a brainwashing process. It's a eugenics process, as John Taylor Gatto pointed out. Yeah. And it's designed to kill off people early so the people with money, like uh, Charlie Munger, what, 98 years old, doing fine. Henry Kissinger's still alive, 97 or 98 or 99, whatever he is. I back. think Henry's Jimmy 112. Carter, Rose Carter. Yeah. They all live long lives. Yeah, they're taking some secret, secret monkey juice or something. I don't know what they're doing, but, you know. <laughs> Some of them are. Remember the uh, Jura Vital, was it? Uh, the, the, the Hungarian-Romanian lady, uh, Anna Oslin, they were going to get shots. They got uh, longevity shots. She was in Romania, made millions and millions of dollars for Romania. JFK went there to get shots. The really? Pope went there to get shots. Really? Uh, Mao Zedong went there to get shots. Uh Ho Chi Minh went there to get shots. You can't almost name a celebrity. Kirk Douglas right here in Montecito when he was alive. He lived 104. He was taking that 
particular pro- product, which is mainly procaine. Procaine. Interesting. Procaine, the same thing you numb your lips with at the dentist. That was the main part of her formula. Well, yeah, what was, what's it called? And is it still being used today? Uh, let's see if I, I wrote it down because it's been so long since I came across it. Something like Jura, uh, here it is, here it is. Jura Vital. Oh, Jura I've seen Vital that, yes. H3. H3, yeah, I've seen that. You might have come across it oh, because yeah. it was big at one time and they had fake versions of it. It was better injected. But when I was in the health food store business, we had it behind the counter. It was illegal. And so so they told us this was a real step. I don't know if it was or not. Uh, so we had it behind the counter. And if we knew the person that came in and they asked for it, we'd give it to them. But if we didn't know them, we'd say, no, we don't have that. And then we'd go to Dirk Pearson and Sandy Shaw and others had precursors to it. So we could say you made your own by taking this and this, which may or may not have worked. Yeah. But uh, according to a lot of authorities, you could kind of make your own. So Rich Global Eye are still taking this thing today, to best of your knowledge? Apparently so. Uh. Apparently so. That's what I caught up on it. It's on Wikipedia. In fact, Wikipedia, amazingly enough, had nothing bad to say about it. Yeah, I've heard about it. I don't, there was a whole movement for it uh, out in the mainstream about four, five, six years ago, I believe. And then then some guy was promoting it and selling it, and then they cut him off for something like that. You know, it's, it's, the, the big the big push for that came in the uh, 70s and 80s. I, actually, I think it was, well, it was before, because Kennedy was taking it. Yeah, so but I didn't really get the information on it till the 80s. I've heard about it before. But then when I managed the health food store, uh, we had many inquiries, and it was a really big thing. And someone came in and said, this is the real stuff, but you have to sell it behind the counter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We shouldn't mention that because now people are going to want this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where can it's I get this? Worldwide people, I just mentioned a couple of names off the top of my head that I happen to see and know that took it. Yeah. And JFK was definitely one of them because he had he had uh, terrible back problems and all oh, kinds he, of pains. He was on and, lots, uh, of, lots of drugs he had uh, from his back injury in the war, uh, and um, he was in bad shape the whole time. Uh, Addison's kind of stuff, and he was on a lot of meds, boy. Whew, terrible. He, he was in pain. He put up an amazing front. You know, you'd never yeah. know the way yeah. he was, but he was in, in ter- terrible pain all the time. Well, I kind of love him. Well, you had a little experience with a, a friend, or no, a high school buddy over the weekend, and you were communicating uh, with Ray Pete about it, and talk, talk about that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, he had a, it turns out he had a condition with tic dolorel, and uh, it's also called trigeminal neurology. Yeah, it's a nerve, it's, right? It's some kind of a nerve? Yeah, it's, a, it, it's actually attributed to a demyelinated nerve. This is the classic example of it, and uh, the nerve gets exposed directly to a blood vessel. And every time the blood vessel puzzle, uh, pulses, it, hit, it stimulates the nerve to give pain to the, to the face. I first came across, uh, in, in the 70s, 70s, I was a cab driver in Santa Barbara, and I picked someone up at Samson Clinic or Cottage, wherever, 
and she had it and she was telling me uh, the most painful thing you can possibly imagine there is a famous painting called the screen where you see this person going like that <laughs> they they even they have a, a grip on facebook with the with the screen on it hmm. well that represents it they they came to represent it because it was so painful and the, the standard treatment you go and they give you a toxic drug to take away the pain that knocks out your kidneys and kills you. Does that make sense? If yeah. you survive that, they give you another toxic uh, pill that knocks out your liver and kills you. If you're still alive, then they go in and cut the facial nerve and your face is paralyzed, but you're well. So that's the standard treatment. So when I found out my buddy had this, uh, he, of course, was horrified. He, do, he does solar. He's into healthy eating and things like that right. and here he is with unbearable pain wow. and so i started researching it and read ray pete's information and of course he saved me on the, uh, in 2014 for a lot of conditions i've described before and so i told him to take pregnenolone and take some dha dhea with it and he got it and within the first day uh in incurable thing he was going through hell uh he had a bowel movement and so then he had another bowel movement which he called the bowel move movement from hades <laughs> it was so bad and he, and he almost passed out in the toilet and his pain immediately went away and ray Pete actually said that endotoxins are involved the, the the classic theory is not correct and that trigeminal neuralgia is related to ms to multiple sclerosis and if you read his blogs he claims to have cured five or six people in in the first year he was treating people of ms they were classically dying with designed with incurable ms he gave them thyroid he gave them uh, with t3 and t4 he gave them uh, a pregnenolone he gave them some dhea he gave them some progesterone and they got better hmm. one of them went back to the doctor and, and 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 she was she'd been in a wheelchair she's totally mobile climbing mountains all kinds of things said explain what she was doing oh no no with trigeminal with ms you have to rest and the thyroid will activate it so you have to stop that immediately of course she was smart enough not to follow that advice wow so this could uh uh, lead more substance to the argument that a lot of these things as Cowan and Kaufman and others are talking about that these are about toxins in the body maybe that are, can't, are not getting out which is why when the bowel movement hit for them they did get out <laughs> maybe yeah hmm. Endotoxins. Ray, Ray Pete is very big on endotoxins. What is and an endotoxin? As a colonic therapist, they do exist. What is an endotoxin? As a as well, basically uh, uh, something in your microbiome poops. <laughs> or, or, actually, it doesn't. The poop is also involved, but it dies, and we become we have an allergic or in food intolerance type reaction to it. Hmm. There's many types of uh, intolerances, and the classic symbol, the classic idea of uh, of immunoglobulins, you know, IgA, IgB. Ray Pete says that's that's a peripheral part of our immunity, and you have to go deeper into different levels. 
Emmanuel Rabisi said the same thing. He cited four different levels of immunity uh, and a classic one with IGA was the final one, but you had to go through uh, uh, fatty acids and sterols and different ways of going through it in the following way, a seven day immunity pattern, a monthly immunity pattern, and finally a six month uh, uh, immunity pattern. Actually four, the first one starts with immediate immunity, then a weekly, then a, then a 28 to 30 day immunity, and then a six month immunity, which classically makes you immune to whatever, whatever toxin you, you encounter. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And Ravisi's model seems to fit because when I first came across it, I already knew about circuseptin rhythms. Seven day rhythms are a set of immunity. We are not, uh, we don't have a problem with tetanus, except our, our body goes into a fight or flight response and kills a person within a week though. A mouse, it's a poison. They get bit by a rabid dog, they're dead right away. The poison goes right to them. Human beings aren't immune to it. They have a seven day reaction to it, just like rabies. Rabies, tet tetanus, they all have that kind of reaction. Ravisi realized that uh, there's also a cycle, and actually the chronobiologists realized, that in seven days, you tend to re-experience the original injury. That's why transplant victims die on the seventh day, actually the sixth to the ninth day, and then they tend to die again at the month. Uh, I have friends who have had that great reaction of a, a transplant rejection starting to happen and having to be treated at within 28 or 29 days. Wow. So those those cycles in our body, we cycle through, just like a woman has a period, a psychic mm -hmm. a cycle. We have, uh, men have monthly cycles, we have weekly cycles, we have daily cycles, of course, the 24-hour day. And we have yearly cycles, and we have seasonal cycles, and we have lunar cycles. All those cycles factor in to our health and our vitality and wellness. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, Dr. Um, Hal Huckins used to talk about the seven-day thing a lot, too. It was interesting. He, I never really got it when I talked to him, but yeah, he did. He talked about that seven days. <laughs> I wonder how we can... Interesting, in the, uh, in the Western tradition, only a few civilizations picked a seven-day week. Hmm. And they probably keyed into the biological week, which is seven-day week. Some, some countries have five-day weeks, four-day weeks, 12-day weeks, whatever. But uh, they tied into the seven-day week. And, and if you cycle in with the seven-day week, that's the whole thing. You see me wearing red on Mondays, orange on Tuesday. It's to cycle in that seven-day week. So I knew about this... Uh, before I, uh, I, I met a donor, I was aware of circuseptive rhythms, and then it made perfect sense to me what we were doing is to just entrain the body to match the rhythms, just like synchronizing to a 24-hour clock. In 1600, a Dutch scientist, clockmaker actually, put a whole bunch of grandfather clocks on the wall, and he was amazed within 24 hours all of them were synchronized, beating to one beat, all calibrated to the biggest clock. And the biggest clock in our world is the sun. We get, we're in darkness, we're in light, we have 
we have that cycle of 24-hour cycle. And so it's the biggest, they call it a Zietgeber, a fancy German name that I've just written, mispronounced horribly, but it means timekeeper. And you can do that with anything. You Whatever clock is the biggest, putting them all on the wall, they eventually synchronize. It's similar to the effect, have you ever seen birds flying and how they keep, yep. how do they not bump into each other? I don't know. Millions of birds will fly and they go on all kinds of patterns like that and they don't bump into each other. And fireflies in, in certain countries, for some reason not in other countries, like in Thailand they do, all the fireflies will beat to one beat. So you will see in a forest, boom, boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> one flashing giant light going off and on off and on that's how timing works one of those fireflies must have been a type a firefly and and trained all the other fireflies to follow suit yeah boy you can hear it too like here in texas in the in the summer with the cicadas and whoa i mean they get uh, as a so, kid i love fireflies in new jersey so loud and so exactly just whoo you know they're having a good time, whatever they're doing. <laughs> we used to catch them in jars and use them for lanterns. They're that bright, you know, as kids. Oh, those are fireflies, but that's different from cicadas, right? Oh, cicadas, yeah. 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 Oh, oh, boy. Yeah. I, I never heard them like I've heard in Texas in August. Is that when they really, yeah, really come out? Seven-day locusts. Whoa, just like, they're so loud. I mean, just crazy loud. Yeah, yeah. Immediately, I think of Houston. I think it's the gods. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear sometimes the frogs will do it. You know, yeah. The creeks, oh. Sometimes the frogs will do it. Boy, they'll get going. And obviously, the birds do it all the time. And if you really pay attention, they're doing this whole dance and back and forth, uh, especially uh, cardinals who will go back and forth. You can hear them. They have this special thing. And yeah, everybody's communicate, And, you know, as people, we're doing it too, right, all the time. We're all trying to, you know, all getting in sync. And some people we get in sync with and we end up, you know, being friends with and, <laughs> you know, having dinner with. And some people we get so in sync we end up marrying like you did 12 times. I mean, you know, you just do that. <laughs> you know, when I first moved to Redding, California, the frogs were so loud in January, I believe, no, February, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Some people didn't like the noise. It was so loud that they closed their doors and windows and wear earbuds. Really? I've never heard frogs as loud as that. And and I actually was the p official photographer for the frog jumping contest, the preliminaries that they have in Calveras County, California. I ended up as being the official photographer back then. And so I took pictures of, the, of these jumping frogs. Well, those bullfrogs there can get so big Man. that I was once in the woods in a place called Andersonville, nine miles south of Reading, and I thought I heard a cow. So I went, what is a cow doing lost in the woods? So I went and I saw this giant bullfrog that was about, uh, I don't know, yeah, really, really big, just going at like a moo, moo sound <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're it's, just fast. Nature. Boy, it'd be fun to live. Wouldn't it be fun to live um, in a jungle sometime? Just to live there and the monkeys and all the birds and all the, just to experience that. I'd, I would love to do that sometime. Just. Yeah, Wade Davis uh, uh, reports a lot of his experience uh, with nature. Of course, he's lived in 
everything from the Canadian wilderness to the South American wilderness to all over the world and across the Pacific Ocean. You almost had him as a gift, but I think his house burned down. Or something. And you oh, never I remember did that. that. Yeah, I remember, yeah. What was his name? Is he still around? Wade Davis. He wrote one of the most interesting books I've ever read called One River. Just a fantastic book. Oh, well, I'll check that out. What's that about, One River? Well, it was about, he had a, uh, uh, a teacher in Harvard called Schultze. I believe it's pronounced Chelsea. And he sent him to uh, analyze the voodoo in Haiti because they found out people were revived from the dead and were supposed to be dead. And he found that it was a combination of a, dr of a combination of drugs with a technology from Africa that was doing that and realized that you could keep a person in a non-breathing state for a, a month I mean, for, for a, a matter of days or even a week or more. And it's the same poison that the to the, the, uh, the poison that, uh, that, uh, that when you eat the gallbladder of the fish, it's instant death. But if you have a little bit of it, it puts you in a trance. There is a law in Japan that anybody eating that fish or, or anybody, you can't touch the body for at least three days to make sure that they haven't taken fugu. That's the name of it, fugu. It's a delicacy where you take the gallbladder, a tiny, tiny bit of it, uh, and you eat a tiny bit of this poison to feel good, but you can't end up in paralysis. So many people do. Celebrities have died from fugu. It's all, all almost a macho thing. Hmm. You eat the to eat around the gallbladder and don't get killed by it. Well, Go figure humanity. Aren't most things that people use to feel better uh, at the, uh, poisons in some aspect and you're just doing a little bit but of them? They may have used it as a, as a medicine too. I think it has medicinal. But, but in Haiti what they did is they gave them, they, they put some of it in the doorway and people walk around barefoot. The poison is so powerful, it would just be enough externally to paralyze the person. Mm. person. They would be paralyzed, pronounced dead, buried in a coffin, and then they would come and dig up the coffin in the middle of the night and disappear the person, give them the equivalent of LSD. They had a, 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 an entire uh, pharmacy of psychedelic substances that they learned in Africa. And then the person would be so disoriented, they would think they were the walking dead and they would work for them. It was actually a type of justice, like you have the Masons mm -hmm. in Haiti and Wade Davis exposed all of that. In his book, One River, he followed Schultze through his adventures in South America because Schultze had tried every, every psychedelic that is possibly imagined, hundreds of them that the natives did. Uh, at the time in in the, in the South America, what is the one that's popular now? And I attempted to think of the name uh, of it that uh, uh, a lot of people take, including the Gabor Mate. I believe David Wolf takes ayahuasca. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> my mind. yeah that's some weird thing where uh, people take it. I think it's South America. And you throw up and all that. It's supposed to have a good time, and I don't know. 
And you have to, interesting enough, you have to nixtamalize it. You need, you need calcium to set it off. You need lime to make it go in various chemicals. So there's various varieties. I expect that the people that are taken in the United States are kind of ayahuasca light because uh, William, um, I'll think of his name in a minute, they, uh, one of the beats uh, went down there and took it. And he said he always hallucinated dragons. And it's the most powerful psychedelic he ever took. And he had taken uh, William Burroughs, William Burroughs. He wrote a book about it. And he was an expert in drugs because he took everyone. He probably took more drugs than David Cassidy did. That's possible. Yeah, well, it's funny. You know, humans have always uh, thought that there was a uh, fast track to heaven, you know, uh, but there's not. Yep. Uh, in my opinion, it's just all uh, an illusion. I mean, I guess, you know, in the right circumstances, if somebody would do, I don't know, I wouldn't promote that LSD or something, you get a glimpse maybe. But it's still, it's just a glimpse. You're not going anywhere. You as soul, spiritual being, have to do something, have to go somewhere. And you can do all this on your own. You don't need anything. You don't even need coffee. You don't need anything learn how to do it i agree i, b I believe it's a kind of accelerated mile uh in my estimation i agree there are the first five chakras leading to the fifth level master are the greatest and the uh and the four are below what they call the rings pass knot uh it's also called uh, the ma mahas uh let me see mahasun something like that see i know I'll, I'll you, the I, I know the word too yeah you know the you know what I'm talking about, and below that you have four levels of basically uh, earth, water, fire, fire, and air. And air. Those are the ones in astrology. They left out the fifth one, which is sonics. It's called ether. It's called akasha. But it at the level of the fifth level master, you have got to go through the void and the great void which some call the, the, the uh, black holes in space, whatever you want to call it, surface tension, that has different names. And in the four, all you get is hallucinations, brighter ones and whatever, and it certainly is not spiritual. Now, some of those drugs can work on psychological product pro uh, problems. Sure. That is not, the mind stops at the fourth level. There is no mind. There is the no mind in, on the fifth, fifth they dimension. They do not need it. Yeah, fifth, you fifth in your uh, your connection with uh, Ekinkar know that perfectly. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, the soul leaves the mind everything when it when it's in the fifth dimension. And fifth dimension, it was what nineteen sixty eight, and you know up up and away they knew it. Oh, is that the same thing? <laughs> yep, I I respect drugs as a mental tool in moderation when you use it. I'm using the drug now. We're we're taking pregnenolone. Exactly. We're taking drugs like that. But that's a hardware problem. The mind is not in the brain. But the scientists want us to believe they think it is. this is where it is. They it's located it is. here and you can't get out. There's no <laughs> escape. Well, it's just not. The mind. It's and actually, it comes from the other way. Rupert Sheldrake has made that very clear done many many experiments uh concerning it with both animals and human beings and they ignore him <laughs> they diss him as a uh, as a crank the geneticists hate him 
I, I like to look at it like uh, the mind is uh, the software, you know, like Windows 10. The, the, the brain is like the hardware, like your computer, right? And, and then we are the programmer as soul. And uh, mind doesn't know squat. It's just garbage in, garbage out, good stuff in, good stuff out. That's all it is. That's it. Yep. And see, the, the scientists want to say the electricity is in the light bulb. It's in the lamp. But no, it's in the power source. Soul is the power source. It doesn't need mind. That's it doesn't have hardware. It's right there by itself. Static electricity. Now, it's beyond electricity. I'm just using that as an analogy or a metaphor yeah. of what the process yeah. is. Electricity, as we know it, in my opinion, is just a, uh, a uh, tamped-down version of chi or God or spirit. That's where the action is. I mean, Adam, you know, I these videos that we've looked at over the last year or so with all this lost history, these people, they had all the electricity, or I don't know what you want to call it, that they needed. And it was from the ether, or, you know, what Tesla figured out. And uh, and they had these, you know, they've got these antennas on the top of castles. And they figured it out. And they, they built all these huge castles, you know, three or 400 years ago, they didn't do that with a wood hammer and, you know, cart and oxen. It just didn't happen. You know, they had tools, you know. They had energy. And and now they're even looking at it now. Elon Musk is. They figured out 400 years ago how you could store it in a red brick, red bricks because of the oxide and all the stuff in the bricks. They did it back then. They had big batteries, were buildings. And now they're going back to that, you know. Now they're going back to it. Yeah. That's what energy. That's well, what that's, that's what electricity is. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from, right? And you could do it with Russian our water. Science is mostly mythology. Oh, it's all mythology. It's just yeah, yeah. It's, it's all mythology. Yeah, science as we know it is based on from the inside out. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing Backwards. and the whole thing collapses when you look at it. That's <laughs> one thing I really love about Ray Pete. He, he yep. actually, I was all, already knew from the time I was in high school that something was wrong with science. Doctors were messing me up as a kid. I went to get my ears cleaned one time, and the water wouldn't work, so he gave me a drug. Well, I broke out in rashes and hives. I went back, he gave me another drug. It gave me a reaction, but I got rid of the hives. But then I could taste, I'm not sure which of the two drugs, I could taste the drug in my mouth for over a year afterwards. Really? So already in the 10th grade, 11th grade, you knew. I saw, what is going on here? You and knew. then other events happen, and doctors can save your life sometimes with an accident. You know, you, uh, you're bleeding to death, something like that. But I tell you, when it comes to chronic diseases, they're miserable. They have no idea, do they? I can remember the day it was a 19, I remember the day it was in 1973. I was in Quincy, Illinois, working for a radio station, and I had the flu, whatever, and <laughs> went to some doctor. He gave me an antibiotic, which is, you know, dumb. And I walked out of there, and I'll remember the moment I said, you know what? He gave me a shot, right? I'm not going to do this ever again. I just knew that there was something wrong with what he just gave me. And interesting, 50 years ago, right? 40 years ago. I just knew. Yeah. 
Yeah, I miss, you know, they, they save lives. But if you look at the overall perspective, oh, they actually man. kill more people oh, than they save. Of course they do. Of course because they do. their technology gives you the disease. Iatrogenic diseases, actually, it's called the number three disease in the world, but it's actually the number one. It's not bad. See, uh, what they call iatrogenic disease means the doctor makes a mistake. What's it called? No, Iatro it's the doctors do that follow it? protocol exactly as even Illich has pointed out in the 70s. That's, That's the people that kill people. And then you go to the doctor to be cured of what they caused. And so, yeah, they have miracle cures because they caused the problem in the first time. And by taking the other drug, it shortens your life. So, so they have a thing going. So how many people, the, uh, we're designed to live to 120. I think so. How too. many people even approach that? I mean, we're the medical profession, AMA admits, if we do everything right, we live to 120. What happens? Why do, I have so many friends that died in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I've outlived almost all my high school students. I've outlived a whole bunch of people. I have a, I have a report of a new dead person every every month. I find out somebody died. That I know. Hmm. And the what you what you're alluding to is this idea. What they call Adam is standard care. So they have a standard care for this, right? If you go in there and say, "I've got this," they've got to do the standard care. Or they could take away your license, and that standard care. The word you gave was uh, what? It's going. What do they call it when you give them what you're supposed to? What's, That's the problem. When the, they yeah. follow the standard care, it will kill them. See, even back in the fifties, I used, a doctor would come to my to my parents' house to treat me <laughs> with a black bag. You know, sure. that stuff stopped uh, in, as soon as it got to be nineteen sixty. That stopped. But doctors could more or less think for themselves. I went to a doctor for a condition where I had a, uh, a problem for a couple of years that I was being treated for. It was, even, it was either blood transfusions or take off for three months at a time. I took off for six months, then I was unemployment. I got over it finally after all that time. Uh, I was curious about how I got that way. And that really led to a lot of my distrust of medicine. And, and my doctor was a good guy. He was a really good, he was, he was a friend of my boss when I worked at Lytton Industry. Wonderful guy, treated me right, listened to me, but I ended up solving the problem myself to tell him how, how to treat me, which was really bizarre. Adam Bergstrom is with us, Patrick Timpone tomorrow, uh, Dr. Samantha Bailey. She is uh, in um, New Zealand. You spent time in New Zealand, right? You spent time in New Zealand. Adam, Adam, do you hear me? Did you spend time in New Zealand? Yeah, we spent time in Kerry Kerry. It's a wonderful place. We have a, a dear friend that still lives there. And it's one of the best parts of New Zealand because you're out of the scope of the government. Because the government now, as, uh, as uh, you had a guest uh, uh, on recently that talked about how, how there's a new crop of uh, of uh, leaders now, like Trudeau and uh, and this woman, I I don't even know her name, but they've basically taken over as dictators. Actually, you know, all of our countries, there's no democracy. We have dictators in this country. We have dictators in Australia. We have dictators every place. And at this point, 
Putin's a dictator, but he's my favorite dictator. He's, he's my favorite too. I mean, he is a dictator, yeah. and he's probably a rascal. He probably has four hundred billion rubles stashed away in some Swiss bank account, just like them all. They all do that. I mean, come on, that's just what politics do. <laughs> and, and as Martin Armstrong pointed out in a recent interview, yeah. uh, that uh, he's not interested in building the Soviet empire again. He's interested in protecting the. Uh, the, the integrity of the Soviet Union as it is. He, he, the And he wants his legacy, as as he explained. I believe that's and, right. Uh, that's, that's my research and, shows. It, yeah, I believe that's right. During the Bush administration, there was something called the Warsaw Pact, which was Russia's protection against NATO. Because we had NATO, they wanted to have their own NATO for the Warsaw Pact. George Bush Sr. promised, promised that you, uh, if you disband the Warsaw Pact, we will never let another single country into NATO. Right. NATO is we stopped. Won't go, right I think here. the term we was, we won't do another inch towards you or something like that. That was the famous line. We won't move another inch towards you with NATO. Something like That's that. That's right. And they broke, they they broke, broke that. that rule big yeah. time. How many countries did they bring in? Now they're going to the buffer. The Ukraine was invaded by Europe. Numerous Russia through Ukraine. The first one was Alexander Nevin in the Battle of the Ice in eleven in the eleven hundreds. People don't talk about that particular invasion. How they had how they how the Russians beat them. They came over the ice and they came over with armor, and they knew that the ice could break. So at the end of the battle, when they drove them onto the ice, they all sunk. And they were all in armor. If you ever see the armor they had, you see those big helmets, like, top like that, with all kinds of yeah, all designs on yeah. the top, yeah. like, the, like the Germans wore at that time. They all fell into the ice and drowned. And then, of course, there was Napoleon. And, of course, there was Hitler. They had to come through Ukraine because you can't get to Russia without coming through the Ukraine. They have 250 so of miles of border. Putin is disturbed. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's paranoid. I mean, I think Hitler, what? Adam killed uh, 20 million Russians. 20 million. You know. He did. And he's just not having it. And, you know, it's, it's a fact that for the last 10 years he's been trying to get, uh, you know, the globalists and NATO and the dollar boys and the United States to agree. Just don't put NATO in there. Let's sign a deal, and uh, you know we're good. Don't put them in Ukraine. I don't want these missiles on my border. You know I just don't want them. And exactly. uh, they didn't do it. They forced them into doing this thing. And you know Adam Bergstrom, that ninety, and ladies and gentlemen, the jury, ninety-nine percent of the media is wrong on this thing. I guarantee you they're wrong on it. And um, I mean, even all the so-called alternative places, they're all. They all got their head up their Padute, uh, and they're just buying into this whole idea that Russia is the new Hitler, and boy, he wants to take over the world, and we got to kill him, and it just ain't so. It just ain't so. You know, one place you could go, folks, if you'd like to really follow this Russia story to get what I believe is probably the most accurate information that Matthew Eret turned us on to. You know, Matthew, out of Canada, who's a smart guy, it's called Saker, S-A-K-E-R. Just Google up Saker, and they have reports from people there, and it's the real deal. It's one of the few places you're going to get 
accurate information on what's going on over there. And you know what's cool about this now, Adam Bergstrom? He's, Putin is thumbing his nose in the dollar boys. You know what he's doing as of, I mentioned at the onset of the show, as of two days ago, he's selling his gas, his oil, his wheat, his minerals. Thank you very much for rubles and gold and Bitcoin. And you guys can just whatever. And he's doing it. That's right. They're not Very happy. smart because they're not Europe freeze without Russian oil. Yeah. And wheat too. Yeah. So he's just gonna demand the money there and he's messed it up. I think Biden has even has sanctions on China now. Is that true? They're Did trying. I just hear yeah. that recently? Because as you know, she and 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 uh, Putin and now India and Iran are all in this deal together. And this is what is it's you know is coming out for China, India, Russia, Iran against Europe and the United States. And that's the deal. And this is the battle that's going on. And, you know, they both want to control the world. But as you said, I, I like, you know, they're probably just going to be better controllers than the Davos crowd. They're probably going to be more benevolent dictators than the other guys. They're crazy too, trust me. Hey, China is locking people up now because they got this new COVID thing. They're nuts. I mean, they're crazy too. I'm not saying that they're good guys. You know, they're crazy. You know, so. Right? They are. It's insanity. It's, just, it's insanity. It's a total lie. They won't let you treat it with any other thing. It's a lie. And oh, by the way, back to pregnenolone, <laughs> it <laughs> works on blood clots. Okay, I want so to talk people about, who yeah, are getting vaccines. Ah. Right now alone, we'll get rid of the blood clots. Is that right? Okay, so let's talk more about that. Let's do a break. And uh, so we switch right from Russia, China to pregnenolone. You see, we are nimble, baby. We just move. <laughs> <laughs> we just move. Adam, you stay right there. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. It's a beautiful day here in Dripping Springs. Not a lot of sunshine yet, but hey, it's going to be 75 degrees and we're uh, doing our rain dance and hoping for a little rain. If you've not tried this guy, this is called Bio Superfood. I get the F3. This is the most powerful one of the group. It's just a stronger version. And since I am a Scorpio Italian, of course, you're going to go for the F3. But you can do F1, F2, F3. Go on our website, One Radio Network. Check it out. Click on the right-hand ad you'll see Bio Superfood. There's four, one, two, three, four different spirulinas, microalgaes. I cannot pronounce them, but I'll try. Pacifica, plant, plantinus, plantinus, uh, dunalina, dunalina salina, and hemocupa jinkamwanka. But these are, these. some of these have astaxanthin, and they have all different kinds of vitamins and minerals, and um, chlorophyll, spirulina, um, gamma linoleic acid. I mean, these things are loaded with nutrients that your body can absorb. And this was put together by uh, Dr. Michael Kiriak in Russia. And they're using Russian money as Russia wanted him to just want to come up with uh, some superfood uh, to keep strong like bull. They're really into uh, longevity over there and uh, for the athletes and such. And then when Chernobyl thing happened, that whole project fell apart. Dr. Marco Kiriak uh, took the technology, uh, used it, somehow worked it out with the Russian government, 
and he's been making this product for a few years. It's made in a bioreactor, so there's no pollution possible using water 1,200 feet deep and very powerful. And I've been taking about 10 10 uh, 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 a day, but as you can see, mine is empty, so I'm going to order some more today. I just got behind the eight ball and ordering more. I love this product, uh, and you know, with with you know, with hydrogen and the sun and these kind of things and some pine pollen and other things, and you don't really need a whole lot of food, man. I just do almonds, and I'm good for you know till about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, what's that about? And I'm not. I'm gaining a few pounds. So what's that about? So uh, superfoods is where we're going, and colostrum you might as well. And then just save on food bills anyway. And then if the HEB runs out of food, you, you're good. Okay. So check it out. It's on our website on OneRadioNetwork.com. Guess what? Good news. We have extended, or they have extended the colostrum sale. Sir Thrival. How about them apples? baby and uh, let me I was going to run this commercial for you if you've not tried colostrum oh here it is it's on sale restore 20 they extended the sale sale is an April Fool's thing uh, through the 15th so you got a couple more weeks to get some colostrum if you've not tried it you're really missing out uh, here's Dan- Daniel to tell you about it and you can put some of this in there too if you want. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm gonna be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. It do taste great, and they've got uh, three new flavors. The original, and uh, and then he sent me samples of vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry colostrum. Really nice ingredients too. Of course, he, he'll never put anything yucky in there. A little bit of stevia, and uh, so especially for you moms, with kids, and you heard all the good stuff that colostrum has, um, this would be a nice way 
to get more good stuff if you can make them a smoothie and, the, you know, make it taste yum like with strawberries and, uh, I mean, a little fruit or the strawberry flavor. or And uh, you could put some bee pollen in there. We like to put bee pollen in ours. Um, or, you know, whatever, whatever you like. And the kids will get so much good stuff. And then when they have, uh, you know, when they have pizza and, and everything, then, you know, it, it balances things out, keep things balanced out. So, oh, if you're on hold, stay there. and We're going to get to you. So check it out on sale right now. Colostrum Restore 20 is the promo code on OneRadioNetwork.com. If you've not tried this product, um, this comes in capsules. This is Pearl Seam made from real pearl. Real pearl. Uh, long ago, people taught us that the Max Planck Institute said that you don't want to put anything in your body other than a once living source. Now, Adam has got, had a good experience over the weekend uh, with a friend of his with progesterone and uh, DHEA, which were probably lab made things. So, those are medicines, right? Those are medicines. But ongoing, you want to only do things with uh, um, things from real, once living source, like pearls, pine pollen, colostrum. You know, all these things are once living source, right? And this is, you can take this internally. This has been used for anti, or pro-euthene, and uh, uh, Ray Pete's a big calcium guy. This has got a lot of calcium, but also other target proteins, and other, um, but from real pearl, not mother of pearl, and then you can use it, get the powder, or if you just want to get this, you can open it up, like that, brush your teeth. That's all I use these days, my teeth look great. I have people comment on my teeth, your teeth look great. Just do this. You'll never go to a toothpaste again. Ever, ever, ever. You'll be done. You'll be just, you'll be just, you'll be done. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We are with the lovely and talented Adam Bergstrom. He's in uh, California. Uh, Montecito, right? Montecito, California? Montecito, California. Montecito. Basically, it's uh, it's Santa Barbara with an attitude. <laughs> That's, if, if you're rich, you say you live in Montecito. Santa Barbara life. We're not rich, yeah. but we live here. Santa Barbara. Our landlord is rich. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an email uh, question for Adam, you can come on in. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com or you can call 888-663-6386. We have a lot of time. We're going to have some more fun this morning. 888-663-6386. Email patrick1radionetwork.com. Adam Bergstrom is the innkeeper, along with his uh, bride, uh, um, vibrant gal, of two websites called solartiming.com and Sunsync Nutrition. Solar Timing is where you can get all of his books and their e-books, and you pay like what, Adam, they average about what, $10, $15, something like that? $10 or $15? They run from any place from uh, $9.99 to $99.99. Oh, that's your big one, right? $99.99 gives you uh, yellow fat disease, all 14 volumes. Whoa. And then what's your one that I want to read uh, as soon as, you know, I, st- I still have my equipment ready to go so I can read these things on this. Um, what's it called? Butterflies? That's the big one. Butterflies right? need no taxidermist? Yeah. Probably that's the one. I yeah. want to read that one. Yeah, I want to read that one. I'll let you know. And we have uh, mesmerism. 
which is a collection. The, the book is designed to say, why have someone else mesmerize you when you can self-mesmerize you? Can mesmerize you yourself. have the energy within. That's right. Why give the power to someone out there? Like we do with the media, with doctors and all kinds of people telling us what to do. Why not go inside and have your own body take care of the situation? I really think, Anna Bergstrom, that this is so much of what this whole great awakening thing going on, right, that started a few years ago, ago with COVID, you know, um, the election fraud thing and then COVID and just been building and now the war and, and they're going to do another COVID thing and um, we'll probably soon have aliens, you know. And, and uh, it's just people are having to learn that you can't depend on anybody because most people are just lying about stuff, right? <laughs> They're just all lying. Yeah. They're just making stuff up. Just make it up. They definitely make it up. As, as Ray Pete has uh, pointed out, estrogen was designed as something that helped you with your pregnancy. And then out of the other corner of their mouth, they say estrogen is birth control. So <laughs> they, they say both things. And in yellow fat disease, uh, DuPont and, and Monsanto Bear, they say that omega-3 is really good for you, mm -hmm. but linolenic acid is bad. It's the same thing. <laughs> and people never notice. Even biotech journals get fooled. Monsanto has been very uh, accurate in saying on their videos, we are getting rid of the linolenic acid. They never mentioned Biotech journals say they're getting rid of the linoleic acid, which is omega-6 and not omega-3. The biotech journals have caught three that mistook it. And Monsanto knows perfectly well that they don't know the difference between linoleic and linoleic acid. I use the N to say no. No. And the other oh, one, so when you omega-6 is uh, nearly as harmful, unless they get rancid. If you buy it out of Western oh, yeah. oil yeah. or the grocery store, you're toxified. Yeah. But it won't cause yellow fat disease. Now, no matter how bad a canola oil is or a, or one of those oils you buy there, it cannot cause yellow fat disease. Never found a single example. Got other bad things, but I couldn't write a book about it. But yellow fat disease to omega-3, only thing that causes something inevitable. There's no escape. You can slow it down. You can slow it down with vitamin E. You can slow it down with uh, selenium. You can slow it down with different things. And of course, ethoxyquin and a whole bunch of drugs like it's used in the industry. But it's always causes aging and necrosis of the cell. It means dying cells. And you we wrote die you've from omega three fatty acids. You wrote written how many books, uh, ebooks on solar timing? Fourteen. On Fourteen. And I could write another fourteen just, if I didn't get bored with it. Just and I can't make any money with it. A lot of people won't believe that omega threes could be a poison because every place you go, it says how wonderful they are. They oh, do this, yeah. they do that. Oh yeah. But if you come in the back door and put yellow fat disease then the whole story changes. Yellow fat disease salmon, yellow fat disease bears, yellow fat disease cats, yellow fat disease dogs, yellow fat disease humans, yellow fat disease horses, ants, everything. You'll find a whole different story. Wow. So do we, we probably, or do we have any idea of how many humanoids uh, go over, cross over to the other side because of yellow fat disease? Would there be any way of gauging that? 
I, I would say it's a major cause of crossing over because under the name yellow fat disease, we have subcategories. Muscular dystrophy, muscular sclerosis, Alzheimer's disease, mixed dementia, hmm. Parkinson's disease, hmm. and a list of them. Wow. Uh, even you know, a list of them. There's a list of these diseases. Oh, another thing is Crohn's disease. Crohn's. It's brown fat disease. What is brown fat disease? It's yellow fat disease of the colon. Shrunken heart disease. What is that? It's it's omega-3 fatty acid, yellow fat disease, or cumulative lipofuscinosis, or uh, progressive lipofuscinosis. Aging. Wikipedia wants to tell you that that uh, that yellow fat disease or lipofuscin is a measurement of chronological aging but no it's a measurement of biological aging because you can slow it down by simply reducing omega-3 fatty acids your liver can handle a certain amount your your kidneys can handle a certain amount but when you overdose particularly by taking it as a supplement then you're in trouble you can get away with a salmon even maybe even every week or every month or tuna that much but when you eat it every day and you and you progress with it and it's over time, then you have a problem. Otherwise, oh. your body can detoxify omega-3 fatty acids. So salmon is the big culprit with the highest omega-3, right? That you want to be careful not to eat too much. They're really big in it, yeah. And sardines and uh, anchovies, there's a lot of fish. Now, cod, liver is full of it. But you can eat the the cod is what they call a dry fish. When you have a dry fish, it means they're not oily. Mm -hmm. So you can get away with cod, just throw the liver away. How about halibut? Halibut, is that? That's another one that's a dry fish. That's that's my two favorites. Just stay away from the liver because many times people think they're getting cod liver oil, they're getting halibut liver oil. (laughs) Weston Price busted them for doing that. They've been doing that since the uh, 1800s. Really? Substituting fish oil. Many people buy cod liver oil, they get a shark liver oil. A shark has a 700-pound liver, maybe 800 pounds. Think of all the oil they get out of one of those, 800 pounds. And sharks live a long time, right? Now, here's the thing. Omega-3s are good for them. They live under pressure, Uh under the sea, in the dark, in cold. You want... Uh, you want a, uh, a, a, a an oil at 10 grade instead of a 40 grade when you get into pressurized le- level. When we buy oil for our car, we know that some oil will clog it up. So you want a different grade and volatility of oil. The same thing. Uh, you can uh, there are, there is a shark that lives over a thousand years okay. in the Antarctic a area. Thousand a thousand years, years. and that's because it, one of the things is omega three. It's not the only thing because the orange roughy lived way below 300 feet below the ocean. It's the lowest in DHEA. So you can't say, in, 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 uh, and uh, I mean, DHA and EPA, the lowest. So it can't, doesn't always work, but it is one strategy to keep things flowing for something under pressure. We're not under pressure. 33 feet means you're in twice the pressure that we are at sea level. 66 feet, double the pressure. You can put something down, a, a bathosphere down a thousand feet in the ocean, bring it up, 
And the walls of the bathosphere are strong enough to keep it from busting. And if you open a little valve that big, the water will come out with such force, it'll go through your body like a missile, Whoa. completely destroying your chest and come out the other side and go through the wall behind it. That's how much pressure difference is from that. Deep sea divers, hard hat divers know that. I've had, I've had friends that are, uh, one of my best buddies was a deep sea diver. And he told me all the advantages and disadvantages and pressure. Hmm. Ray Pete talks about pressure, low pressure in the mountains, high pressure at sea level. You're better off at lower pressure at uh, higher altitudes. If you if one lives, say, in North Dakota or Montana, could you get away with a little more salmon than here? Warmer or not? No? Would it matter? Um, Would it matter? No, you get actually it's less, less. because you're at, if you're at higher altitude. Oh, the lower the lower the the, the lower the pressure, uh, the more it becomes ineffective. Interesting. Ray Pete actually has said um, that folks at a higher altitude have a little bit more longevity too. Correct? Just being higher up a little bit. You know, I, I have found an exception to the rule. Desert people, as El, Albert, uh, as uh, Edward Albee pointed out live longer and are stronger than any, anyone else. The Mongolians, the Apache, uh, the, uh, can't think of the name of them now, the uh, tribes in the, uh, in the Morocco and that area, they live over a hundred. Hmm. Geronimo never touched a fish in his life because for Apaches, you could not eat a fish and it was taboo to eat any animal that ate a fish. So you couldn't eat a bear because they ate fish. <laughs> Oh, they, so, so the Apaches, though, they eat buffalo, right? Buffalo? Yeah, exactly. Lots of buffalo and lots of other animals. You know, they eat wolves and whatever Deer and small and, game and things like that. Sure. But ducks were off limit because ducks ate fish. Not all bears, by the way, eat, eat fish. Bears are 98% vegetarian. And, they're, and a lot of people don't realize they go for carrion. They come out of hibernation. And then they find dead meat lying around. So it's a perfect thing to start feeding with. Then they go down and eat sedges and grasses and things like that. So meat is only 2% of their diet. So what are the... And uh, you can look this up even in Wikipedia. What do the Apaches have against fish? Why were they so anti-fish? You know, it's a good question because three tribes in the Midwest were against fish. The Apaches, because it was bad juju, you know, it was bad, bad to be eating it, it was evil, yeah. and you were conspiring with the forces of nature against evil. The Navajo, I believe it was the Navajo, you did it because fish were holy. You're not going to eat, you, you're, like we, we would think, we wouldn't eat a dolphin, you know, <laughs> we would be horrified. Or a dog uh, in some civilizations, of course, they eat dogs and they eat horses. China, they, they do that. eat dogs. Yeah. Same kind of thing. And then the third tribe, let's see, Navajo, Apache, what's the other one? The Hopi. The Hopi didn't eat fish either. And I think it was more like a, they were holy too. So just depended how it ended up that way. And they ended up having longevity <laughs> in the desert. Edward Abbey has pointed out their vitality warriors. They were, no one could beat the warriors like the, uh, uh, like the Mongols and the Apaches. God, it took so much to, to kill them. And the Modoc Indians, 
the most expensive war the U.S. ever had was against the Modoc Indians in Modoc County against a, 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 an Indian called Captain Jack. Captain Jack. Look it up. It's a fascinating story. So, Adam, do you think at the end of the day, big picture, just in general, that we need uh, we need the meat? I mean, just animal flesh to get around? You know, the driver of the fish, even Ray Pete, I was surprised on, uh, on his article on progesterone and pregnenolone, said one of the pro- progressives, one, someone who had muscular sclerosis, what started their cure was tuna. They ate a can of tuna and felt better. And you need protein. So sometimes you have to balance it out. Uh, if There are times to take cod liver oil. If you have no, no other choice and you're in the north, perhaps you can. You don't have one of those lights that uh, generate uh, ultraviolet rays of the, of the frequency. You kind of have to make a decision between mm. this and that. Yeah. And so... There is a point for castor oil, for cod liver oil once in a while. There even is a point for uh, fish liver oil if a person has a transplant. It keeps him from rejecting the transplant. So everything has a yin and yang. Yeah. Everything has a good and a bad. But but when you eat omega-3s on an ongoing basis, uh, you're messed up. <laughs> so do do nuts have, some nuts have, walnuts have omega-3s. You want to be not... You don't eat. You don't want to eat a handful of those every day, right? Yeah, you be careful about it. Like chia seeds have some energy; they're very high in omega threes. But then the natives eat them. They don't eat only that, though. They eat other things that protect them. We eat almonds, which have almost no omega threes. They have omega six, and and we eat them because they're very high in vitamin E. And vitamin E is one of the major protectants. Yeah. Against uh, against omega threes. Boy, since hanging with you uh, every morning of my life, got myself <laughs> diamonds, and you can get them. Uh, we have a company that I like called Terrasol, something like that. They're really organic and they're really raw. Got to be careful, folks. Most of these places, like you go to Whole Foods and they got the you know, they got the containers that you pull the lever. They're not raw. You know, they're they're just not raw. Don't do that. <laughs> they're not. We're lucky. We know local farms. Yeah. So we know they grow. We have, in fact, there's a a gentleman. His name is escaping me right now. That we see all the time. He's an old time anti vaxxer None of his family's been vaccinated. He's really a good guy, and he knows so much about health and about almonds. That's the guy we buy from. That he should be interviewed on your show, but he's shy. He won't do oh, it. But. Yeah. but He's he's our most fun person to talk to when we go down to the farmers market. Is it relevant if how many almonds one eats? Is that irrelevant? Yeah, he he. We get him fresh. No, I mean you and I. uh, uh, Now our listeners, is it relevant how many almonds they eat? Is it a number? Yeah, an ideal way is to figure out what your ideal weight. Right. what you call see there's two types of weight there's structural weight that's what makes you walk around then there is excess weight or residual weight which is like wearing a backpack so when people get that that doesn't move any muscle or help it, it just weighs you down and so it's like walking around with a hundred pound backpack on your back you think people aren't low on energy by doing that kind of thing so you want as much almonds to make your structural weight. In my case, it's probably about 160 pounds. So I would have, have uh, 
15, 16 on and something like that. Every day, every day. Yep. And this is a weird thing I've been criticized before, but there, there is science to back it up. <laughs> if you follow this, I've written about it in my blogs on one radio network up to over 2000 now. Yeah. That if you take an odd number of almonds, you tend to lose weight. If you take an even number, you tend, tend to gain weight. You tend to gain weight. That is based on the periodic table of the elements. That's amazing. I mean, you can't even make that up. You know, it's like, okay. I, I know. It, <laughs> well, remember, someone called in the show one time when I first said that and said, that guy's crazy. That, guy's, that dude's crazy, man. Uh, here's a, how did, somebody just wrote in, how did the natives of the Pacific Northwest live almost totally off salmon? They didn't. That's a fiction. Hey. Anyone who reads the author of Cry Wolf, A People of the Deer, of A Whale for the Killing, and all of those books, uh, let's see, his name is escaping me right now again. That's right. Having a lapse. But anyway, he showed that when the Canadian government offered the Inuit nets to catch fish they refused because they knew that eating the fish would kill them they were even careful about what they fed to their sled dogs it was a survival food you could eat it once in a while but you would die if you ate it a miserable death they preferred the death of starvation to eating fish and the yellow fat disease that followed in you know all the diseases of the book and a lot of the literature of the long life and the heart disease was fudged, the stuff in Greenland, all of those tests. What is the age of an Inuit anyway? 30s and 40s they die. That's their longevity. No one makes it to 50 or 60. Now, that's not the yellow fat disease that's causing that. That is actually the, the cold climate. You cannot survive in really, really cold climates like that over long periods of time without sacrifice in some years from your life. Plus, you Show know, me a hundred-year-old centurion Eskimo or Inuit. They don't exist. Plus, white folk used to shoot them, too. You know, what can I tell you? I mean, it's a, it was a hard life, boy. <laughs> yeah. And what's the other name for the Inuit? People of the caribou. Oh. Not people of the salmon. People of the caribou. And the caribou. So all of that, all of that is BS. More false narratives on Hill. And I bet all about how they have such clean hearts. They don't even have that clean of heart. But even if they did, not too many people have heart disease in their 30s and 40s. So now, because of her diet, you're having people in 18 years old having heart disease. At least the Inuit were smart enough to eat the caribou and know the herbs of the land. And then they ate mammals like seals. And they ate uh, hmm. they ate a bear, and they ate other animals too. You know, polar bears just didn't eat fish; they ate walruses and animals like that, and humans. My friend Greg Whiteley is an <laughs> expert on bears. He's gone up and filmed uh, polar bears. One place he went at the exact location where he was right close to the bears. A couple, a married couple, came up there, and the bears ate them. Bears eat people. They will eat <laughs> they people. They eat deer. They they eat like that. And, and by the way, I said that bears were vegetarians, not polar bears. <laughs> oh no, mm. they don't have any vegetables up there in the north. And still, mm. too, I think it's important to understand. It's my understanding, but I just get my information from some movies, which 
probably all made up. But these people, the caribou and the buffalo, the Indians and all that, they ate the whole thing, too. I mean, it's not like they were spitting out livers and hearts. They ate it all, didn't they? They ate it all. Yes. What does Ray Pete say to eat? There is a fish you can eat, even if it's high in in, uh, omega-3s. The fish heads, the, the fish eyes, the yeah, fish necks. Eat them all, yeah. Then yeah, you're yeah. okay. If, if you want to eat the whole fish and grind it up, whale away, salmon, shark, whatever yeah. you want to eat, no problem. That but can, how many Americans eat the fish neck, the fish head, the fish head? Dr. Daniel like said the same. how many people eat the yeah. chicken, Doctor, uh, eat the chicken legs, yeah. the Dr. Chicken Daniel says, says the same thing with the fish, right? Yeah, if you want to do it, man, eat the whole thing. Eat the skin, eat, eat the heads. Well, I think a lot of Orientals, they do fish head soup and all that, and that's why, right? I mean, they get a lot of stuff. In, so that balances out the, the omega-3s somehow. Yes, so. Jennifer Daniels knows that too. Your high glycine foods, both in vegetables and in, uh, in, in meat, in meat sources, it's head cheese. Remember head cheese? I used to eat it all the time as a kid. So I found out it was the brains of an animal freaking me out, so I stopped yeah. eating it. And then chicken feet, I... Uh, I'm vibrant gal has eaten it before. I haven't. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we talked about the fish heads. Yeah. Red peas is fine if you eat those. And then your high glycine vegetables like cucumber and uh, tomatoes, you'll notice they're fruto vegetables, botanically fruits. They're not fruits. Really vegetables. Yeah, they're fruits. Those are fine. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Charlie wants to know so, what does Adam eat? How old is he? And thanks for the show. Okay. What do I eat? How and they want to know how how old you are. We don't use that word around here, but how many Christmases do you have under your belt? Eighty-one. Eighty-one times. Eighty-one and climbing. And climbing. Actually, I want to be Benjamin Button. Go backwards. Go backwards. That's what we're working on here. So too. So um, so do you eat meat then? Do you guys eat meat or all? The what? Meat. Do you have meat? He wants to know if you eat meat. Oh, you know, actually meat would be a wise choice. But because I went to New Zealand and looked in the cow's eyes, it's, uh, it's hard, hard for me to eat burgers. It's hard. This, yeah. this uh, last year, I think I ate four or five burgers. I went to uh, In-N-Out, one of those places. I don't even remember the name Just now. for fun. Uh, and I ate burgers because I realized we need more protein. Vibrant Gal and I have realized we need more protein, so I'm going to buy bee pollen. I'm going to buy some miso because you can get barley miso. Yep. And uh, what else? I'm going to get Bourgeois. Ray Pete is not a fan of Bourgeois, but remember, his father was cured of diabetes by taking Bourgeois. He admits it. So he's not totally against it. So anything can cause anything and anything can cure anything. There's always that, too. Anyway, we're introducing more protein because we realized we're not getting enough protein in our diet as as ovo-lacto-vegetarian. We eat two eggs a night, so we get a lot of protein there, uh, sulfur, other elements in there, uh, and we uh, eat uh, cream. We bought cream. three half pints of cream this week, which we usually go through. We mix it in our coffee, and our favorite dessert half sugar and half cream, mix it up and just spoon it out. Whoa. And, and our uh, eyes roll back in our head. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Good for you. 
So so you can get you're you're feeling you're going to get enough um, uh, protein that you're you're sensing a need for with a bee pollen. I love bee pollen. I've been doing it for years. Royal jelly. You like royal jelly? I do that one too. Royal jelly. Yes. Yeah. It's excellent for for a, a variety of conditions, including as an ergogenic. Er, what's an ergogenic? Uh, it gives you energy. Oh, energy. Um, it, like ginseng is an ergogenic. And miso has uh, Siberian ginseng. Is miso an has protein too. Miso has protein too. Huh? Oh, good. I often, don't... often it, it, it coffee is an ergogenic. It classifies as an ergogenic, and it's an excellent choice. Yeah. Beets will give you energy too, baby. Yep. Oh, yeah. It definitely, definitely. Hmm. But you've done well without eating animal flesh for a long time, huh? At least every day on Earth is a good day. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah, baby. I've made lots of mistakes. I've done, I've done the drug thing in the 60s. I've done some of the most stupidest drugs you can imagine. Uh, I've done things to abuse my health. Uh there's been a, been a lot of wrong decisions I've made in my life, but I ended up where I am now. I found vibrant gal, so yeah. who can say? Who can what say? What would have been? I might I might have got hit by a truck doing the right thing. That's you right. hear about the guy? He decided to get healthy. He got his therapist said you got to give up smoking. He gave it up. He felt so good. He went out jogging and he got hit by a cigarette truck <laughs> and died. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as you know, I mean, we don't have to say, but we all know there will be a day when we all leave this little body and go somewhere else. But they, you know, just we just don't want to be sick. We want to be able to play golf and play kissy face and uh, and whatever, walk around until uh, we're 150 if we want to be here. I mean, what's the point if, you're not, if you can't do all that stuff, right, and be here? I mean, you know, exactly. what's the exactly. point? You know, why stay? You might as well go, you know. If you can't do stuff, you know, well. As as Donald Lay, my mentor, put it, Swami Nitty Gritty, uh, like it or not, we all survive our decent burial. <laughs> That's great. Like it or not, we'll all survive our decent burial. Adam, stay right there. Patrick Timpone, along with one, uh, uh, Adam Bergstrom. And when we come back, we're going to come back and tell you more about Adam's websites. Uh, because, uh, well, you're going to find a lot of fun stuff there. You know, we mentioned the term superfoods quite a bit here on One Radio Network, and how we're doing kind of less food food and more stuff. Superfoods, a colostrum and hydrogen, one of the all-time superfoods, and and uh, pine, uh, pine pollen, bee pollen, um, sulfur, things like that. Uh, but if, if you go into Shen Blossom, and I just clicked on there through our website, I really encourage you to really check out uh, some of their, their products. Just wonderful, really good stuff, man. Bamboo chlorophyll, I like that. That's a nice thing to take. I think that's a, a protein source as well. You know, those little cute little koala berries, they live on bamboo. Did you know that? That's right, they do. They live on bamboo. And um, Brandon also has two powders, Grotein and uh, no, the, uh, another name of uh, the first ingredient is bamboo. 
this bamboo chlorophyll supports so many good things, builds blood, increases oxygen levels and utilization, promotes detoxification, just like it's in the way of my computer and I have to bend over here. Um, he's got a great miso. Oh, you know, I'm going to get some of his miso. I just saw this. He has a great miso, so if you'd like to get some uh, protein from miso, uh, Brandon has several different misos on Shen Blossom. Goji berries, shizandra berries, amazing, amazing superfoods. The Grotein Protein Nutritional Powder. I use this one. Um, so I say I don't eat much, but you know, I guess I eat a lot of this stuff. Uh, let me see. Check out their ingredients here. Bamboo pith, pinion nut, plantain, nettles, beet tops, casio, chlorella, spirulina, nasi soap. He's got a whole paragraph. Rice sprouts, licorice roots, basil seeds. I mean, come on, how could that be not good for you? That's the total nutrition protein. Then the essential chlorophyll protein. Our first ingredient is pumpkin seeds. Guys in your prostate, bamboo leaf chlorophyll. That product I just told you about, he puts that in there. Spinach. Rice sprouts. So these are two powders that you can get on Shen Blossom. Total nutrition protein and essential chlorophyll protein in, in packages, I think 12 ounces or something, and put those in there with your smoothie. Safeway runs out of whatever. What do you care? You're good. I suspect, I, I will email, I, I suspect the, the um, shelf life on these pumpkins are really good as well. I will email them and find out. Because if they're like really good, I just may pony up and buy a few to have in the cupboard, if you know what I mean. No telling what these loonies want to do with those, this whole food system. This is a superfood that Patrick uses every day, and I'm doing pretty good. The first supplement I like to take in the morning, right after I wake up, is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. This is Cirque Rival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropause. Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of Sir Thrival supplements can be taken any time of day, but Pine Pollen Pure Potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you want to supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, and then again right before bed. So once, twice, or three times a day, but always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we want to do is amplify that sine wave. We don't want to start to take testosterone at a time where our body's purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we want to take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle. And that's because in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, 
cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than pine pollen pure potency. Nothing better, baby. Uh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, indeed. I love this. I just ordered three. Should be here today. Uh, you can get three and you get a you get a better deal on it. Um, most oils, in our opinion, nobody listens to us, but most oils are rancid. I don't know what to tell you, but they are. Most oils are rancid. Uh, most oils are just pretty not much not good for you. But Andreas seed oils are good for you. And the only one I don't take is the flax oil because Adam's kind of got me uh, on the, I think flax has got a lot of omega-3, I'll ask him. So I don't do that one. Other than that, I do the black cumin seed, uh, coriander seed, uh, pumpkin seed, black sesame seed, um, and then the uh, um, milk thistle seed. Coriander is really good for your tummy. I also have, um, there's another one that I take that, um, I'm not getting it right now. Well, it's not in my consciousness right now. These are wonderful oils. They are produced in a way, check this out. This fellow is German, right? So he's like, you know how Germans are. Uh, if you want to buy, get a good car, get you know, 100 grand together and buy a BMW. They know how to make cars. They're a little pricey, but they know how to make cars. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> Andreas created a way how to squash up little seeds, no matter how small they are, pumpkin seeds and coriander seeds and milk thistle seeds. Yeah. Cumin seeds. Without of very little friction, almost no heat. And these are the real problems for oils. This idea of cold-pressed oil is, it's just all made up. It doesn't mean anything. So we don't recommend doing any oils, even from the hippie food stores, because they're just not good. Most of them are rancid, uh, just by the way, because of the way they make them. And these oils will lube you up here They'll help you to have more bob movements because you'll lube things up, especially if you're in a drier climate. I'm kind of a more of a vata uh, constitution where that's dry. Tend to be more dry and cool. So that's why I keep uh, uh, oil, get, gets, keep myself all oiled up there. And uh, so many good benefits from these oils. Try a couple. And just take a teaspoon, you know, just put two or three out on your counter, take a teaspoon every now and then, you know, a couple times a day, whatever. And you'll feel better and good for your skin, your hair, your nails, like the sulfur does, but they're very powerful and very good for you. These are herbs, you know, these are seeds and herbs and powerful uh, foods of the gods. Andrea Seed Oil is the only oils that we recommend, and uh, we'd like you to try them if you want to. Check it out. We'll think you love them on OneRadioNetwork.com. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.
Adam Bergstrom from SolarTiny.com. <laughs> How many books you have on solar timing? Uh, 40 plus. 40 plus books. Wow. I was working on another uh, edition of Turd Eye, which has to do about colon health. Uh, it was supposed to be ready, but I've been busy doing a lot of things here because we're in California. Yeah, we have challenges. You have California. So what's we have your, challenges you folks in Texas don't have. What's the name of your new book? Uh, let's see. What's the latest one I wrote? I wrote one on copper. On copper. Wow. The, the, the good, the bad, and the bad. In other words, copper isn't the total angel it's made out to be. It's very beneficial. You need it. But excess copper gets you in trouble, just like excess iron or excess manganese or excess anything, excess iodine, you name it. Where do you book on iodine, too. Where do you, where do you get, uh, where do we get copper, the little bit that we need? You know, it, it's really available readily in most foods. Mm. Most Americans, contrary to popular belief, get a little more than they really need every day without taking a single supplement in their food. Huh. But here's the thing about copper. We are excellent. Plants are excellent at uh, eliminating it. Humans are excellent too. So if you go over with copper, it usually doesn't cause a problem unless you add dun, da, 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 omega-3 fatty acids into the mix and other uh, nitric acid, etc. When you add that in, copper becomes what they call a rust which is basically, it's a, uh, a free radical, a free radical that attacks your body. When copper goes into your amino acids, like tar, like uh, uh, in, into your amino acids and, and body structure, it's great. But when you have an excess, it's a problem. Here's an analogy. You're building a house. You need uh, 500 pieces of lumber. The lumber company delivers 3,000 pieces of lumber. You build your house, you have this huge stack of lumber. And if you're in most communities like we are, the, the, the government comes around and says, you can't have that on your property like that, sticking up that thing. You have to take it off. Hmm. So now you have to go to the trouble of getting somebody to haul all that lumber away. And it wasn't, the delivery was free. But now you have to pay to get all that taken away. Where do you put it? Oh, you have to pay to take it to this dump and you have a choice of this and you have to make all these decisions from the extra lumber. Same thing with extra food, extra, no vitamin or no metal is bad, even iron, if it's used on demand. But once you start storing it, you have another problem. Some uh, minerals we store much better than others. Others we don't. And others, we've learned to detoxify very, very well. So you have that extra lumber, but you have a with the, with copper, you have a friend in the lumber business. Mm -hmm. So I'll take that off their hands, you know, and that kind of thing. You got but it. a lot of elements, they, you know, like cadmium, mercury, some of those, they store nickel, they store for a very long time. So copper is not really a significant uh, problem unless you have an intermediate problem like you get Wilson's disease. Often that you'll find a green ring in Aridale. Hmm. Right away you know they have, well actually by the time you see Wilson's disease, if you haven't been treated, you're probably on the way out. Unless you find someone like Ray Pete or Dr. Ravisi 
or someone else who knows about how to treat that. Mm -hmm. Here's an email from Emily. My mom has been diagnosed with lupus and really doesn't have a lot of energy and been trying to heal it for a long time with no results. Does Adam think that the progesterone and the DHEA could be helpful? I'm no expert on lupus as applied with uh, pregnenolone. I would say yes. It, it does a variety of things. Another thing it does is increase your intelligence. Hmm. Uh, I noticed I, I tend to go off an egghead type of uh, rants. And the practical part of me sometimes isn't there. Since I've taken pregnenolone, I've thought of a whole bunch of things, gone back and said, I did that wrong. I'm going to change it. Oh, really? So you'll see a lot of changes in my behavior for people who know me who might be surprised just by taking pregnenolone for two days. <laughs> and this is the third day. I woke up in the middle of the night and told vibrant gal, I did this. I did that. I, what, what was I thinking? And no she said, well, I told you so. <laughs> it, well, of course, the girls always know. It's in, what kind of, a, how much of pregnenolone are you taking? We're taking uh, 50 milligrams at this point. And there's danger in taking more. Ray Pete, uh, in one of his uh, blog entries, he suggests 300 a week. So we're going to kind of mimic that by experimenting first with 50 for six days of the week and skip a seventh day. Yeah. We take it with DHEA, which is something Ray Pete suggested too. And so far, we're on a roll. It's only two days, so we'll keep you posted and on what's going on here. What, what kind of a dosage on the DHEA are you taking? If we take oh, 10 milligrams, 10 just milligrams. 10 milligrams. And you take small amounts of that. Ray Pete warns if you take DHEA in larger amounts, it has an estrogenic effect instead of an anti-estrogenic. So you want to make sure you can convert that you, you have the pregnenolone in your body. Now, pregnenolone in your body under 30, you don't, you, don't, you don't notice any difference because you're making it. But people through 40 miles of bad road, I don't call it age, <laughs> we make uh, misapplied decisions in our lives. Well, then you start to need it more and more to the point where some most people in their 70s and 80s have a 5% conversion ability. Conver and all that pregnola then huh. fights estrogen, omega-3s, nitric acid, serotonin, blah, 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 a whole list of those kind of things and the toxins we get in our food additives and pesticides and junk. So somehow evolutionary-wise for lots of folks, uh, the pregnenolone just kind of gets knocked down or doesn't, doesn't it's not as happy, right? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, uh, some, some people, again, if you, if you take too much, you will have a problem with it, according to Ray Pete. We're following his guidelines at this point, and we've read other warnings. We go on places like the Ray Pete Forum, which is very squirrely. I find that most of the people there do really not have any grasp of Ray Pete at all. <laughs> because it, because Ray Pete did so much for me at the beginning, we have listened to thousands of hours of Ray Pete. We've listened to your interviews with Ray Pete over and over again. We've listened to the earlier ones when it used to be on KMUD years ago. Uh, we've listened to every one. I would say 
We have listened to 300 or more interviews of Ray Pete, many of them as many as 10 times. So I, I would say at least I'm moderately educated in Ray Pete, but he's such a great inter- intellect. It's really hard, even after all these years of studying him, to say you know what Ray Pete's talking about. Yeah. What can I say? I just love talking to him, and uh, as long as I stay focused and keep digging into I, we can hopefully pull out stuff here. I got to change the battery. Hold on a sec. He's a wonderful human being, as well as a brilliant one. What, uh, sorry, uh, I, I couldn't hear you. I had to change the battery. Go ahead. Oh, uh, Ray Pete is a wonderful human being, oh. as well as a brilliant one. Yeah, he really is a what a sweet guy. He's just really terrific. You know, how old is is he? Like eighty three, maybe, Revs. I think he's 84, 85 now. Not really, yeah. Sounds pretty good. You know, some people criticize his voice, but there's something magic about about his voice. I can go in the kitchen. Sometimes I'm listening to other people uh, interviewed. I can't get their voice clearly. But Ray Pete, the water can be running in the kitchen. I can be way over there on the other side of 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 our place. And I can hear him clearly. It's almost like a, a computer mind where he talks in yeah. a certain way. Well, I, yeah, I, but some people have called him names like Shaky Pete, uh, Shaky oh, Voice Pete, on, and stuff man. like that. But I find his voice very soothing and pleasing. Many times we go to sleep to him. <laughs> I do too. No, his I, voice is so low, and I, he just goes off. I agree with you. He's just a wonderful, wonderful. We're so blessed to, to have him on. Let's see. Here's another email. Um, is there a benefit uh, for coffee enemas while fasting? Thanks to you both. Coffee enemas while fasting. Fasting? Fasting. Is that? Yeah. Coffee fasting. enemas while fasting. Right. Oh, coffee enemas, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee enemas, yes, but I think there's more benefit taking it through the North End. Vibrant uh, Gal and I were just talking about the coffee enemas we used to do in the past. Right. And a Donald Lay Swami the Degree did the coffee colonics. I've done the uh, coffee enemas in the bathtub with the bag and all that stuff back in my enema days there where I experimented with it. Uh, Vibrant Gal has experimented with that too. We don't like it, but but it's been interesting. I've got a lot of stuff out combining it with gallbladder purges and uh, tomato juice and corn oil purges and things like that. So I've done it. Now... I really think you get just as much benefit by going in through the mouth, except sometimes uh, in severe conditions, I think it's beneficial to do uh, a coffee enema for the portal system. But you also re- you reach the portal system through the, uh, uh, through the mouth too. And of course, the portal system is involved in hemorrhoids. Many people who have hemorrhoids, it's a liver problem. Hmm. I had hemorrhoids, I had anal fissures, sat in the bathtub, all those kind of things, conventional doctors told me. Uh, once I learned about the portal system through Donald Lake, stop. That's a portal vein that goes, uh, in yeah. theory, on the coffee enemas from the colon, the caffeine goes to the liver, right? And Yep, and the only uh, the only condition I had is, is before I, met, I found out about Ray P., as I told you in other episodes, uh, I had a very sensitive anus where if I 
white too hard, it would bleed wow. red blood out. Wow. Yeah. So once I started taking oranges, oranges which take yeah, every yeah. day, uh, that went away completely, and I could wipe my butt with sandpaper now and not have a problem. Do you? Uh, did you hear? I asked him uh, last show. Doctor Pete said that he drinks almost a quart of orange juice a day. I mean, that's a. I don't drink anywhere near that. Do you? That, that's uh, even uh, much for me because we juice. Uh, we go as much as three oranges and, huh. and juice it in the juicer, and it's nowhere near a quart after that. Yeah, we have one of those uh, glass juicers yeah, that you sure. do this motion with. Yeah, well, three and, oranges, uh, yeah, that can't be much more than a cup or so, or t- right? About yeah. eight ounces? or. I think so. I think it's about a cup's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the fresh orange juice is good. We, we have good sources here. For a while, we had dried up and went to tangerines, which are equally beneficial. And by the way, there's certain there's certain foods, uh, certain citrus family that's non-productive. The grapefruit is one of the squirreliest ones. I have got grapefruit fast and all of that, but it does not. It it keeps drugs that you take and even toxins in food and keeps them in the liver as long as ten times more. And it stops good things from entering the liver. Grapefruit, well, pomelo, lime. The lime, the jury's still out. I don't know if it's as bad as grapefruit and pomelo. And the other one, interesting enough, is civil, Seville oranges. Seville oranges, they often make marmalade on, with Ray Pete talks about. And I don't know what he thinks about the effect that that has definitely effect on, like grapefruit, the grapefruit phenomenon. Hmm. And I, I, I know pretty much for sure that he doesn't approve of grapefruit. Now, other oranges, there is no other oranges that cause a problem. Lemons don't seem to cause any problems. It's just for some reason, limes are suspected. Grapefruit and pomelo, definitely. Yeah. Grapefruit is a new fruit. It's a 300-year-old fruit. Oranges come from the Himalayas. They're ancient. They're ancient. They come from, uh-huh. they come from eons ago. Huh. Yeah. Now there's people at the farmer's market doing organic grape juice in glass. I mean, organic um, uh, orange juice. Because we can't, yeah. we can't always get the organic oranges, you know, so it's kind of fun. I uh, love getting So have you ever messed around with, because I've been thinking about doing one just for fun. I don't know why. It just keeps coming into my consciousness. Maybe it's just God talking. A little gallbladder flush, you know, with the olive oil and the lemon juice. Have you ever done those over the years and you think it's worthwhile? Yeah, I've, I've done several of those. Uh, I've done one for the gallbladder and one for the liver, which is different. The one for the gallbladder and th- those green soapy stones, they are not gallstones. Anybody who's seen a real gallstone will know instantly that they're not green. And, and in fact, if you take, a, there's some kind of red dye you take, those stones will come out red. It's a coloring from the bile over a uh, over the uh, meat over the olive oil, which transforms into margaric acid. That doesn't mean the purge is bad, because it will move the gallstones out of the way where it causes a problem. Ninety percent of people have gallstones; they have no problem. It just gathers up. The people that don't have it will have a fat with all three meals every time they put something in their mouth. If they put a fat. This is according to Johns Hopkins, by the way, knows that. 
if you take one tablespoon of olive oil or one tablespoon of whole cream, you won't, according to them, you can't get a golf song. That's a really amazing fact. Hmm. At the same time, they claim you can't get them out, which is partially true. Every once in a while, you will pass a stone. Sometimes they pass naturally. They're round. They don't hurt. They only cause problems when they get through the duct and they start to get concretized. Matter, calcium and magnesium and other elements form around them, make them big. They go to the ileocecal valve, and that's a death sentence right there. Uh, it's rare that that happens, fortunately. But anyway, what what I would do, and the, the one I learned from Adonis Lay, actually, I first uh, stumbled on it myself accidentally. Uh, I would take uh, four ounces of olive oil the night before I would start by itself. Now, I'm not eating anything after that, except when I wake up, I take another four ounces of olive oil with four ounces of apple juice. I forgot that part. I take that together. I, I put it down, and then I sip on apple juice all day till noon. Hmm. Then I take four ounces of corn oil and four ounces of tomato juice and drink that down. I go back to apple juice, sip, sip, sip all day, and I go to bed with four ounces of olive oil again and four ounces of apple juice. And the, the, the little balls will start to come out sometimes within one hour after taking it. And sometimes it takes the uh, first time none came out of me. I did it for 10 days, nothing happened. So I thought people said, well, you're clear. But I had classic gallbladder symptoms, pain in the right shoulder, could barely move it. And soon as I did the fast and got rid of the stone, the, the, uh, the soapy things clinging out the gallbladder, the pain went away. Hmm. So uh, you did it for 10 the, days. The contraindications, wow. Wow. they claim that sometimes you can move a golf zone into the wrong place. I've never heard of a case written or a case uh, of friends that have done it. And believe me, I've had hundreds of friends who have done it. I've talked hundreds of them into it. So it's not like I'm against that type of fast. But anyway, that works for the gallbladder. And uh, hmm. I've saved people from surgery. One person, a, a good friend of mine, I knock on the door in El Paso. It, my friend opens the door and says, you're just in time. So-and-so is having a gallbladder attack. <laughs> I ran to the, uh, to the table and I massaged the gallbladder points. That moved the gallstone out of the way. In fact, you can go in an inversion table and upside down next, you sometimes move it out. Or you can massage the, the stomach and get rid of it. But I told her, this probably doesn't solve the problem. It just relieves the pain right now. I urged her to do the gallbladder flush. She did it. She was scheduled for gallbladder surgery Monday. She went into the doctor. The doctor did an x-ray and said, we don't have to do it. There's nothing blocking the duct. So anyway, uh, hmm. I have other examples of that happening too. Now the liver cleanse is really interesting. You don't have to fast during the day. At midnight, you take half a clove of garlic, you take a whole lemon, you cut it in half and squeeze that lemon juice into a glass, and then you take uh, olive oil with that, uh, about a tablespoon is all you take. Hmm. It seems very innocent. Most people feel nothing. 
Now, I had a friend, named, an engineer friend called Hugo Conti, who was also into solar nutrition. He did it, and I get a call on, on the telephone. What do I do? Uh, I can't keep anything in my body. I take a glass of water. It comes out my anus within minutes. Whoa. And people die from that kind of reaction. Uh, so he finally solved the problem with taking nothing but white rice, which will say if people have any kind of explosive diarrhea where they're going to lose all the potassium and the sodium and the, and the uh, nutrients out of their colon that can kill them, uh, you take white rice. White rice will not go into your colon. It's all digestible. It's basically just a starch that will break down. Even Ray Pete says the most digestible starch of all is short grain white rice. Yeah. And I think that's the kind that Hugo Conti used. It stopped the problem. He had no more problem. But his father had died of liver cancer. It took him a year to totally be able to take garlic or lemon or any of those things to get over it. And so when people start that fast, as innocent as it seems, most people don't feel anything. They just take it. It's a little uncomfortable to put in your mouth. But there was another incident like that. So I tell people, when you're going to do that fast, if you feel anything happening, don't do it for seven days like it's advised. As soon as you feel any reaction, back off and wait what happens. If nothing happens, if you feel fine, continue. But any side effect, immediately stop because it could die. if you don't know what to do with diarrhea, it can kill you. So it's a very strange purge in that most people feel nothing. I've done it, feel nothing. But some people have a, a catastrophic reaction to it. So you're talking uh, not a fast where you're not eating anything. This is something you would do uh, maybe uh, one day or two days. Uh, a clove, a half a clove of garlic garlic, lemon juice, a tablespoon of olive oil at, before bed? That's yep. It. That's so just it? before bed, midnight is preferable. It's gallbladder time. It's you called what to, time? It's gallbladder time leading into liver time. It's uh -huh. impractical to stay up till 1 o'clock for most people. You just take it then, and uh, hmm. it's probably wise to not eat anything for about three hours before, and then you won't be eating anything while you're asleep. And you have your normal breakfast, your normal lunch, your normal dinner, and you just wait and do it over for seven days is required. So you, you feel nothing, you know, you're not deprived. When you're doing the gallbladder fast, uh, yeah. my last uh, yeah. ex-wife, she uh, she couldn't do it. She, uh, she, she said, I'm going to do it. She got so sick that in the morning, I'm done. I'm not doing it. Years later, she got married to someone else and she called me up when she had a problem. And she said, What's going on? I get nauseous from 11 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the morning. And I said, you know what that is. Gallbladder time, uh, 11 to 1. Liver time, 1 to 3. That's a biliary time of the, of the body. She would get actually sick at that time. I still think she did not do that fast. And she's having some medical problems these days that are involved with the gallbladder which he seems to have conveniently forgotten. Hmm. So, so let's see if we understand um, this, this simple one, the garlic and the lemon and the olive oil, you could do it. And then what would, 
what would keep you from stopping it, did you say? Any kind of rea- anything at all? Anything? You mean like white rice? No, no, no. The garlic, oh. lemon juice, and olive oil. Yeah. Right. What would what would make you to stop it? If you had any reaction to it whatsoever? Any kind of reaction? Yeah, any reaction at all. And anything. usually you'll get nauseous. And that would that would say don't do it anymore. That says don't do it. Yeah, you're in, you're going to be in the big trouble because that nauseous is going to get a lot worse. <laughs> hey, Hugo Conti, like I say, he couldn't put lemon to his lips for a year. He couldn't put use olive oil for a year. And olive oil is a very important part of solar nutrition, sunset nutrition. Uh, and he couldn't do uh, he did, couldn't do any one of those three items after that for a year. His father died of liver cancer. He was a close friend of Swami Nitty Gritty, as I was, and Nitty Gritty told him it was due to his father dying of uh, sure. of liver cancer. Now, the liver has a lot to do with anger. And Hugo was one of these hail fellow, well-met, you know, never lost his temper or anything. And Adonis said that was a problem with liver. You need to show righteous indignation. You need that type of uh, reaction to when someone's stepping on your toe, you don't say, I love you, I love you. You say, get the heck off my toe. (laughs) Get off of my toe. (laughs) Or you're going to get a liver problem. I've seen many people with anger issues do that. And Hugo was so good natured. One time, someone slugged him in the face and he was so tough and such an athlete, a a, a CB and all that. he looked at the guy after he hit him hard in the face and just said, don't dare do that again. The guy didn't. And another time, a guy did it, and he chased him up on the roof. And when Hugo had his hands on the building railing, the guy took his boot and stomped on his feet. Didn't even phase Hugo. Hmm. He got up on the roof and said, don't ever do that again. And of course, the guy had crushed his fingers, supposedly. Didn't even work with Hugo. He, could, he would do chin-ups. 10 or 12 with 95 pounds of weight. Whoa. And I mean, pull-ups. These, not these types, the bicep type. These types. I've been at a gym seeing them do it. He could run 30 miles. He ran all those, what do you call it, triathlons, all that stuff. You swim, you bike, you run, you do all that. His sister too. And he got onto solar nutrition because it increased his ability. I think his push-ups went up from 100 to 300 pretty quickly by doing that and a whole bunch of other things. He he got into it because he was an athlete and solar nutrition increased his progress so much that he adopted it to a fanatical degree. Interesting. I I had the feeling that I wanted to do um, get some little get some little six packs you know going here on my tummy my you know and you know six packs or 12 pack or whatever you want to get so I I uh, I messaged uh, our friend uh, Dr. Shiver, Steve, because I thought he would know. You know, I said, "Well, what do you what do you think?" So he's he's given me a whole little protocol to do uh, some sit-ups and kind of like the Russians do. You know, so I'm starting to do them, and once I get them, I'll put them. I'll, I'll show you on the air, and then I'll tell you what, how he what he told me to do. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. We've we've. We bought a hanging bar. Oh, you got a hanging? Are you like it? Have you done it? Yeah, yeah, we have it out in the backyard. And a, a funny thing about that, uh, 
it wouldn't have fit in Barbara and Gal's vehicle. So she got angry with me because I said, well, I'm going to walk home. I'm going to get home with it. It's like 15 miles. And, uh, and uh, uh, I just started walking with it. And I realized I can't walk all this way with this 10 feet length of pipe. You have so a I hitchhiked, and of course, everybody thought it was ridiculous wow. to be hitchhiked with a 10-foot piece of pipe. Not going to happen. So I went up to this guy, and I said, I'll pay you if you take me to, uh, to this address in Montecito. And he ignored me, but another guy walked up, come with me. <laughs> and this guy who is a stonemason, and he's put up many of the walls here in Montecito, a really good guy. Took me all the way home. <laughs> oh, and so great. I got here about uh, a minute or two after Vibrant Gal, and we got where our 10, 10 foot pipe, because they wouldn't cut it into five five foot length. They we just needed it? a five foot length to go over the, uh, between the two walls. We have a wall around the house and a gate, perfect hmm. place to hang. hang up. Yeah. So uh, have you timed yourself of how long you can you can hang this straight down? It varies not near you. You're an Olympic athlete compared to me i'm up to about 90 we're seconds now we're yeah. uh, chair potatoes here yeah. well, on it, the internet it, all the time it takes we really have messed ourselves up yeah. by doing all our business yeah. on uh, on well, here and we're correcting that process now. well you're a young guy you know you can get yeah you can go yeah i really enjoy it i do it i've been doing about three times a day i'm working myself up to about you know maybe five minutes total uh, a day wow and just you know i can do about a minute and a half and then and then, you know, I, I've had enough and I let go. But I think it's very powerful. There's something really good about it, you know. I do it before bed sometimes, you know. Just hang there, you know. <laughs> just hang. It's really cool. It is. I, the last time I did it was when I lived in Fort Worth next to the medical library. And mm. right across the street, actually, I was there the first time. And I said, I want to I want to manufacture uh, a gym and a printing place across the street. When I came back, they were there, both of them. So I could just walk across the street. I got a membership. And one of the things I started doing was hanging. I, I don't even remember why. It's just I realized I'd done a lot of that as a kid. And I thought, this must be good for you. Yeah. And it, it, it lengthens you out. Your spine. My dad used to have back issues from his diabetes. And he used to come home and hang on the garage door and hang there. And his back, his back would feel a lot better. Hmm. He did it on a daily basis when he came home. We had a real, really he supportive was, he was just garage there, huh? door where you could just hang on the metal there. And just hang there. Yeah. You do that. And then you can see, use the same bar to do pull-ups or, you know, chin-ups, right? Either palms. What's the best way? Palms. I think, well, how do I do them? I do them palms facing me. I think they call this a chin-up chin and this a pull-up when your hands are to, when your palms are toward you chin-up it's a uh, it, it's a chin-up yeah. and the other way it's a pull-up i always had trouble uh, with the pull-ups chin-ups were were easier for me but i never really had a a really strong i think the most i ever got up in in uh chin-ups was uh 12 i think which is really wimpy compared to some people who do a hundred knock off 100 or oh, i can't imagine i can't imagine 100 i man if i do 10 i'm doing really good you know i'm really feeling strong with 10 and if i don't do them if for I'm a while mistaken jack lane could do a thousand oh that's crazy not, I mean, he did a lot of them i don't know you, if he took breaks in between that man was a was a machine how could you do that if i don't do them for a while you know 
and then I can only do like six or seven, and then you got to go back and build your way back up. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Wow, he did it. No, you're, come you're on. not a. Uh, yeah. You know, they they claim you can't overdo the muscle. Ray Pete, of course, talks about that a lot. Right. But Jack Lalane is an exception to the rule. I, a, a good friend of mine was a bodybuilder named Don Peters. He hung out with Jack Lalane at Venice Beach. He said he would go there and do a thousand chin-ups, a thousand push-ups, and a thousand dips. Oh, that's crazy. Every day that he'd come to the beach and do that that's because crazy. he had his gym nearby Venice at that point. And, and at the time Don knew him, he was an alcoholic. A lot of people don't, you'd find that not in his body. He'd say he drank a lot of booze, but he'd work it all off <laughs> by doing all that exercise. He'd burn it off. Of course, it didn't last long. He just drank at a certain stressful time in his life. And otherwise, he did everything from veganism to drinking blood, animal blood. Oh, good. <laughs> he pretty much did it all. Hmm. He said, I'm not going to rust out. I'm going to wear out. He did. What, <laughs> he did. 96, I think he left. I think he was, yeah. He said, I can't die. It would be bad for my reputation. <laughs> uh, Adam Bergstrom and Patrick Timpone tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk with Flat Earth Dave. And uh, we'll have some fun. If you have Flat Earth questions, uh, non-heliocentric, well, whatever, uh, cosmology questions, uh, Dave Weiss will be here. Dave Weiss and then also uh, Dr. Samantha Bailey, Will be she she's going to be here tomorrow. Looking forward to talking with her. That's tomorrow. Gets underway at ten o'clock Central Time. Thanks for your ongoing support. The way we support ourselves here is by you digging in your little bank account and uh, exchanging some of those Federal Reserve notes that you have for our products. That's how we do it. So anything you want to buy, buy up. Uh, here's one for you. Why do lipomas start? And how do you get rid of them? One developed on my forehead. I've never heard of a lipoma on a forehead. Hmm. Hmm. You know, Ray Pete's idea, and I think this is true, is we tend to treat things as local things. But there's a metabolic override. In other words, if you have the energy to do things, it happens. I'll give you an example here. We have several computers here. Often, my computer, and this just happened recently, will suddenly start to go out. The other computers are fine. So Vibrant Gal will come over here and mess with it for about 10 minutes. But but I've told her, you know, it's an early warning signal (laughs) for the other computers to get messed up. And sure enough, uh, the other one went out. We only had the one I'm talking to now that worked. and but then another few hours that went out so pretty soon we're out we call the cable company it's not their problem so it's something in our router well vibrant gal in her brilliance she pulls wires out we have a rat's nest back here she's pulling them out moving this and moving that and she got one she got us on wi-fi uh each one individually and then does we don't like uh wi-fi so we put it back on the ethernet by then transferring it somehow like that. I have no idea this is techie stuff. She does it all the time. But the thing is, the problem wasn't in my computer. It was in something in the routing between. Well, in health, it's the same thing. We go look at a local thing, like a lipoma or something in the forehead or an earache or something, 
ear, ears are reflexes to kidneys. You often have a kidney problem. Look, it's a shell. You hear the, ever put a shell up to your ear and you hear the roar of the sea in it? And the kidneys do the same thing. They're sonic accumulators. And if you look at a baby, it's modeled in the ear. The fetus is modeled on the same shell to get the sonics to be born. It takes a sound current, uh, in the, the uh, sonic stream, to get a person born. <laughs> so we're born in sound, and we leave in sound, and we experience the light in between hmm. when we come out of the dark, out of the womb, and then we go back through the black hole into the fifth-level mastery. So what about this forehead lipoma thing? What do you think for this person? Uh, I, I would say they, uh, they start to watch the diet. And, and first of all, of course, eat solar. I'm going to say that, right? And then watch omega-3 oils and things of that nature and nitric oxide and serotonin and those things. Now, I've written extensively on all of those things on one radio network, certainly on yellow fat disease. I probably have 100 blogs there about it. I've written about nitric oxide. People think it's a lifesaver, and actually it's very dangerous. When you buy a super beet, it, it's a non-organic beet. That's all it is, if you want a super beet, because beets, unlike other foods, are like bulldogs. They'll eat themselves to death. So you give them a, a regular fertilizer, and they eat all that nitrogen up and pack themselves, and it's well, nitric oxide isn't small. If I want nitric oxide, just go down. I go down to LA and take a deep breath. Why? Why would I take it as a supplement? And they're getting wise to that at least. Those are the kind of things that cause these local growths, local boils, uh, lipofuscin, age spots. All of those are caused by simply doing that. Do, doing that now, vitamin E, things like that can help, and you can actually get a reversal once you build up your metabolic. Uh, uh, ability to process foods. I have now been converted to, to realize that I'm not making it. There's a certain level I've reached. So that's why I'm not now taking preg uh, pregnenolone and progestes and DHEA. Mm -hmm. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah see. If I regenerate, I, it works. And if I'm in the grave, it didn't work. Here's an interesting uh, Charlie says, um, I'm 65 revolutions. I do fine, eat well, solar, no problems. I just have, uh, it appears, just poor circulation, feet, ankles, and lower legs. Wondering what Adam thinks about this. What could I be doing better or wrong? Okay, that's a good one. Poor circulation, lower limbs, yeah. Also a uh, metabolic problem. Metabolic and, uh, meaning what? What does that mean? A metabolic problem meaning it can be either nerve force or it can be circulation. You have two major ways of getting. If the circulation isn't there, uh, the feeling goes away. Uh, Ray P. talks a lot about inflammation, but I'm sure he also knows there's another side to the story. There's two varieties of diseases. Inflammation and paralysis. You know, you either, you either if you feel it, oxygen is involved that's inflammation if you don't feel it carbon dioxide is an anesthetic it numbs things you don't feel it so when you have a paralysis that's that's carbon dioxide 
blocking oxygen being absorbed into deeper places. Paradoxically, you get a certain amount of carbon dioxide, it puts oxygen deeper into the tissue, and you oxygenate the tissue. So it gets a little bit complicated there. Yeah, yeah I'm already For Something confused. like that, one of the most important things to do is paper bag breathing. Okay. Uh, out of a paper bag in the evening, um, meditation actually helps. Will you slow the... Anyone who meditates consistently will slow their breath down and their pulse rate. You know, Ray Pete may not agree about the 60, but I regard you as very healthy. Adano had 60. My, my most healthy friends have 60. You have a pulse rate of 60. 60, right. So that is so... So Charles would want to increase carbon dioxide by breathing slower. I thought you said carbon dioxide could be blocking the oxygen to his feet. See, that's the paradox. Oh. In yin-yang, you have those two teardrops, right? And in it you have, in the black one, you have a little white one, and in the white one you have a little black one. So if something is taken to its extreme, it becomes the opposite. And that's the same thing. Okay. If you take a certain amount of carbon dioxide, like in carbogen, 3%, 5%, 7%, it drives the oxygen in deeper. So you're not carbonizing the tissue, you're actually oxygenating it in the right place. It drives it in, especially if they would do hyperbaric treatments like that. They, they, could, they could get rid of a lot of this... Uh, neuralgias and things that happen and numbness of the feet and ankles and up to the legs. Sometimes it gets entirely up to the legs where they feel numbness like that. Now it can be a so-called pinched nerve, which is really a fiction. A pinched nerve yeah. is really yeah. a blood flow condition that happens. You see people with deformed spines, they don't have a problem. And you see other people with a perfect spine and they're in pain. That actually is a blood flow problem and when you don't have blood flow to an area you get pain because the carbon dioxide blocks the oxygen and it's at one point electricity is helps us flow electricity is flow when you have a light bulb it gets hot and red an analogy of pain in other words the flow is stopped where the flow is stopped you get resistance and you get pain so when you're getting pain you're getting an oxygen blockage that the carbon dioxide is blocking. But then doesn't the slow breathing just increase more carbon dioxide? Yes, but it increases it to drive the oxygen in deep. Oh, it That's does. That's different than having yeah. the carbon dioxide block a place completely I got you. where the oxygen can't oh. get past. Oh, and so with breathing, you're almost 100% safe to drive more oxygen deeper and start to correct the problem. I just got now. I just said you it. can also do things like hot water, cold water. You know the treatment where you mm -hmm. go in water where it actually hurts, it's cold. Then go to warm water and back and forth. You can do the same thing by being in a hot tub. I've done this session. You get in a really warm hot tub and then you jump into an ice cold pool in the winter, and then you go out and you do it again and again and again. It's great for circulation all over the body. You can get rid of neuralgias and, and capillary blockages like that by simply doing that. Yeah, so he wrote back. He said, thanks for asking the question. I have numbness in my toes, and I've been getting a lot of cramps lately in calves and uh, 
my arches and my feet. So, so the carbon dioxide is going to be a good thing for him. You think that will help it in the case of cramps. Uh, that definitely is a, a metabolic problem where you're not circulating the carbon dioxide oxygen balance is disturbed. So it's metabolic override. You first of all, omega three fatty acids can be involved with that. Iron can be involved with that. So for cramps, one of the best things to do is yawn, yawning. slow yawn. Hmm. Uh, I've seen cramps go away. Another way is to find out the cause. Uh, I found this out accidentally. I would get a cramp, and in the first cramp I got like that, wouldn't go away. I was in agony. I crawled on my belly to the toilet <laughs> because I got an idea. It was it was a bladder time. And if I took a pee, it might help. As soon as the urine came out, the cramp went completely away. Hmm. Now, I thought it just happened at bladder time, but it happens at other time. We had a visitor here who had driven a long way, and his leg went into a cramp. I'm, I'm sure some of you have had this kind of problem. You're driving long ways, and suddenly your leg cramps up. Well, he had severe cramp, but as soon as he came here, he had to go to the bathroom. So he went to the bathroom, and he said, he came out and said, I peed and it went completely away. <laughs> and because Vibrant Gal has heard me say that all the time, said, yeah, that's what, that's what Adam said. It's happened to him. So uh, when I have a cramp, it's one of the first things I do. I go and either take a dump, <laughs> to use the technical term, or take a pee. And taking pee is usually enough to do it. And if you don't feel like peeing, just sit there until it comes out. And 90 nine percent of the time the cramp will go away hmm. what could be the root cause though for charles of these cramps uh uh is that a calcium magnesium thing too possibly or that is one of the things that can happen strangely enough you can get cramps like that from drinking milk even hmm. but it can be from the lack of uh, calcium it can be from the imbalance they have a type of seizure what do they call it the grass tetany which is a lack of magnesium which causes it so I have found it can be magnesium imbalance, either way. It can be a calcium imbalance. It can be a potassium imbalance. It can be a sodium imbalance. Those are four major minerals that work in the body. And all of those are potential. So you kind of have to research and figure out yourself because there's no one, there's no magic one cause, one cure for this type of problem. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Here's a uh, Paul from the UK. After going for a walk, but not during it, my right leg really aches for about 12 hours afterwards. I did have rheumatoid for many years. Any tips? His right leg. It's about a girl, right? It's, and then we, we have to bring that back around. When you have left or right or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just like my friend, it was the left side of his face that gave him such a pain as trigeminal neuralgia. But there's a guy involved. So you have to look back in that trauma. You know, when we were evacuated from here, but we got evacuated on the day that she was evacuated from Hungary when they escaped during the Hungarian Revolution. Hmm. And all the other days of the trauma that she had were related to her parents' deaths or something in her life. Exactly. You will find this anniversary uh, thing happen so many times that you had a, uh, you had a guest that uh, Donald Ray worked on. Dr. Norman Shield, and 
and without giving the uh, the traumas away, uh, he Adano found all three traumas were anniversaries of other things that happened to Dr. Sheely. Is that That's right? why uh, hmm. Dr. Sheely, when I called in one time and and, and or wrote in that uh, about Swami Nitty Gritty, he said, "Oh yeah, Nityananda Saraswati, I know him well. <laughs> I know him well <laughs> because he uh, he wrote the book of Cult." Uh, medicine can change your life and he was a, a good friend of Adama he wore two of his uh, armlets, the kind of braces that the Yogananda people wear and Adama made his by hand and Shelley knew him very well so yes anniversaries come up if you look at when the pain first starts if, if the first time you notice it, that's a key here's another key and this is woo woo, it sounds really weird but you'll find it uh, when you get to an age, you do numerology on it. I'm 81, so I am re-experiencing things that happened when I was nine years old, eight plus one, and when I was nine years in the womb, nine, nine months. Of really? <laughs> I'd that, be a big baby. That's great. Uh, and uh, 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 other people who say if they're 75, they'll be experiencing what they had at 12, and what they had at three. Now, at, when I first found out, as our parents tell us, you know, that you're going to die, I cried all day. I was a little kid before school, and I could not accept what I'm going to leave. But when I was 81, you take it back to nine. I remember distinctly a very powerful engram memory. I'm holding my blue and silver bicycle. And I'm doing the math. Let's see. I'm nine years old. If I live to 90, I've lived one-tenth of my life, so I have nine-tenths nine, uh, nine left. If I live to 80, and I'm doing all this math in my head back then. And, of course, now when you're 81, you know, you think a little bit about the grave. You get a little stuff in the back of your neck when you drive past the cemetery and things <laughs> like that. So I'm reliving that kind of thing. And, indeed, as woo as it sounds, that numerology factor will actually happen in the same way that a biorhythm or other rhythms happen. Hmm. I, I've seen it over and over again, and I've played with that, and I've seen Nitty Gritty use it to great uh, extent. And so, all I can say, maybe woo-woo, maybe it woo. works. Charles has another follow-up email. Boy, he's on it. He's on his keyboard this morning. He said, uh, thanks for your help. So, when's the best time to breathe? the paper bag and for how long good questions you know the the ideal time masks can actually be beneficial if you would wear them from 10 at night to 10 in the morning okay anytime wearing during the night. it during yeah. the usual hours from from 10 a.m to 10 p.m not that's not the time to be doing bag breathing or mask now in an emergency you can use it but uh, I regard the emergency crew who came to rescue my mother from dying the day she died, night she died, they gave her oxygen with no carbon dioxide to mm. prime it first. And they killed her. When I attempted to tell him, a big cop, he must have been six foot six, said, I'm going to take you to jail if you interfere with this. <laughs> you know, you're under their control. Boy. 
I hate when that happens. Yesterday I started thinking about that cop, and I wanted to do every kind of beat him to a pulp that I could think of. (laughs) And uh, Hmm. but anyway, my mother died because I realized they didn't give her the carbon dioxide. And a good friend of mine, Robin Greeley, not with us anymore, but he was a buddy of mine back in the day, worked in emergency rooms, and he saw many more people die with oxygen at night than died with oxygen in the midday. So the truth is. Uh, a heart attack at night is usually an overabundance of oxygen and carbon dioxide time. So you stimulate instead of the middle of your chest. If you're having a heart attack at night, this might save someone's life. Rub here on the left side. This stimulates the breathing aspect to increase carbon dioxide. On the left Oh, right above In the, the heart. Day, you on you the bottom. the middle. On the, the left heart? side, hmm. right to the side, hmm. around where I'm. I don't know. Right. See here, yeah. right about there, and too close. Hmm. You kind of get the you're you're doing it to show the people. Where yeah, right. Yeah, right around left side, right, right about there. Right around there, and do a wide area to make sure you get. And it. then for Charles, how long do you do the paper bag thing? Until uh, the heart attack stops. <laughs> no, no, he's not having a heart attack. He's doing it for his his feet. Remember, Charles. Yeah, any problem, cramps, whatever it is, uh, you you do it till it stops. Till it stops. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and often it, it'll stop it. Cramp. Uh, uh, you can have a. I've had cramps for that. The first time I had a cramp for ten minutes. I thought I was dying. I, it's agony to have a cramp, as anyone knows. You wake yeah. up in the morning, you have a cramp. One of the best strategies, though, is to put more pressure on. This is, again, one of those inconsistencies of carbon dioxide oxygen. Why would putting more pressure on the cramp make it go away faster than using a feather and, uh, and doing the opposite? Because a thief catches a thief. You put more pain on it, and the brain says, oh, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do because it's hurting even more now, and it releases instantly. Hmm. I've done that many times. But when I haven't been able to do it, then I run to the bathroom and I pee. Uh, 99% of the time that works. Other times, sometimes you have to figure out another thing to do. Yawn, scream. Remember primal screaming? Screaming. Uh, You have to do something, and there's always something to do. Doctors, of course, say the only thing you can do is come to us. We'll fix your genes. We'll cut it out. We'll radiate it out. We'll do something like that. Not true. We'll do something. Um, I've been watching a few videos on the vagus nerve, and the ears, and I've been playing around with it, and it's pretty interesting uh, doing just some really simple things to relax a little bit if if you're if you're not uh, body's not really settling down at night. Have you ever messed around with that? I can hear a lot of those type of points, yeah. both reflexes, otherwise yawning, pull on your ears, turning the head, uh, <laughs> doing this, yeah, yeah, and and certain foods and things like that. Potatoes are excellent relaxants. Remember the book. Uh, potatoes not, not Prozac. Prozac. Yeah, yeah, potatoes a good thing to sleep on. We eat them every night. Do you baked and dextrinized? Pretty much every night. Every you night. Have a, do you? Wow. Yep. We're lucky. We have a eternal source of fresh potatoes here at the farmer's market. And dextrinize again. Tell folks that's where you you really bring out the sugars where you cook at a lower temperature for longer time. Right. There's about 50 types of dextrinization. The type I'm talking about is pyrodextrinization, applying heat to it. Uh, if you have the time to do it and the electricity to do it, hmm. 
one of the ideal ways to get absorption if a person has a digestion problem is put the potato at 200 degrees and spend all day cooking it. Wow. If you want the ketones for bodybuilding, for extra proteins, you put it up to 350 or 400, and then the ketones will make proteins in your body that help you digest it. And it's like eating a high-octane food, whatever temperature you dextrinize at. Dextrinization or pyrodextrinization is best done with a dry heat. Now, there's exceptions to the rule. Rice and some of those grains, try applying dry heat for an hour. You have rocks. You're totally indigestible. So grains like that are dextrinized by slow cooking. One of the ways my engineer friend Hugo Conte, who I mentioned earlier, did that, he found that he would put boiling water in rice in a Stanley thermos, screw the lid on, and in the morning, the rice would be perfectly dextrinized and ready to eat. Saves power, too, for people who want to that, save on that electric That's bill. interesting, yeah. Just boiling yeah, it and all night long. Most grains, because they just follow different rules than a lot of other foods, mm. like Beets can be dextrinized, onions can be dextrinized, all dry dextrinized. But your grains like rice and barley and wheat and rye, they need a different approach. What do you all do your uh, potatoes at generally, just night after night, uh, temperature and time, potatoes? Oh, we usually eat potatoes, and it's probably ideal. It's circulation sex time for a cardium time between 7 to 9 at night. There's... Yeah, you right. Know, but I know I'm asking how long do you cook them at what temperature? Oh, it, uh, we do it at 350. 350 for however long? Uh, an hour. An no, hour. actually an hour and a half. An hour and a half. We, we put it on an hour, and then we come and make our eggs while the oven's still going on. Then we pull the potatoes out and eat them with the eggs. And if you wanted to do a little more... Um, dextrinization, you could do 300 at two hours or something like that if you want it. The, lo- the longer, the more you get digestibility. Okay. But the 300 and 400 seems to be necessary to get the ketones to build proteins. Huh. So if I was a bodybuilder, I would eat the potatoes at 350, 40 all the time. If I had a, dige- a digestive issue, then I would definitely uh, spend the electricity and run it all day. Hmm. A good friend of mine, Michael LaPuma, his doctor is a celebrity, his uh, brother is a celebrity chef, and I'm over on all those shows. Uh, he would dextrinize all his food 24 hours a day. His oven never was off. And uh, he, all of the food tasted delicious. He did everything like that. Just He just opened the, the, the uh, door to shift foods in and out of the uh, out of the uh, oven. Was it a gas oven or electric oven, I wonder? You know? Uh, you know, I choose to remember what he has. We have an electric oven here yeah. because we don't have a, a real choice in our uh, neighborhood, right. in our landlord's uh, architectural plan and the way Montecito works. Of course, they, they want to get rid of gas burners now. They're making it illegal. You've got to get these uh, magnetic induction cooking and all that. Have you heard about that? No, no. What's that? It's it's a big thing, and it's taken over in Europe, and they want to switch you off. You take a big magnetic cur- a coil. Yeah. You put it under, on the burner. 
the magnetic coil is heated and instead of heating the water it excites the iron molecules in the metal the iron molecules become the burner essentially instead of the burner and they cook your food three or four or five times faster magnetic induction now people have asked me is that dangerous with the magnetic and so far i can't see any downside to it because the metal in the pot is stimulated the water is just heated with more heat so i don't see any problem there if any of your listeners have additional information though i it's new to me i just found out about this process and how common it is uh just a couple of weeks ago hmm. and someone asked me a question about it well i sure like one good of old, your I sure steady like good listeners old gas. listen to every one of your shows I sure like good old gas here, boy. You see that flame, and you can put it wherever you want it. You know, I like that. You know, that's my fave. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally. But you guys can't get gas? You don't have gas coming in your house? No. no? Well, the only gas we use is our, our water heater for that. Oh. That's it. But they, they, it's not converted. And we have a, we have kind of a, I don't know if you realize what's going on here in with the solar thing, how they've deceived people. No. They have given them discounts for solar. You get this big discount, you put them on your house, they're very expensive, and they're going to pay for themselves because they, off of the grid, they're going to buy your energy back, and you're going to make all this money. Well, once people got them all installed, they said, aha. We're not only going to give you less money than we promised, quite a bit less, we're going to find you for using solar. Oh, good. Typical California type of thing. Are they really so, doing that? That's our just... landlords invested heavily in solar. Uh, they blew out our TV. They blew out our uh, two printers. And uh, even with surge protectors, by going on and off, on and off, because they couldn't get it calibrated. And not their fault, but but it's the solar companies. The roofing companies don't know how to put solar in. They're not electricians. They they leave it to roofers to put these things in, and it's a disaster. You're going to be hearing a lot more about it. Boy, that doesn't sound good to me. <clears throat> <laughs> it is not good. I, I'm a fan of solar power, but oh, sure. the way they're doing it here, I'm for being off the grid. And don't sell any of your energy yeah, to just, the grid. Just get that off the grid. Be done. And cut the cut the cord and never go back, baby. That's what okay. I want to do someday. We have panels if on the roof read, now. Reader's Digest in 1951. Uh, what is the place in uh, Boston? Um, MIT. MIT said that if we wanted to, we could convert 80 percent of the world to solar in a year. What happened since 1951 to 2022 that they can't do it now? What happened to that technology? They had it then. It's in the Reader's Digest. Anybody can go back. I can give them the month and the year of that Reader's Digest that I first read it. I was really impressed as a high school student reading that, uh, or junior high student, I think I was, maybe even grammar school. Uh, and now we can't do it? What the heck is wrong? They, they lie. They can do all these fantastic things. Think of the miracle of our communication. We're, they're using parts that you can only see with a microscope. There are single atoms doing it. I they're know. building quantum computers. They can't perfect solar power. They, all of the, oh, yeah, most they, of the outhouses in can. Florida <laughs> in 1906 
were run by solar power. So you didn't have to go out in the dark. You just went out and the outhouse was lit up at, at night. You have a light in the light at, at lighthouse. 1906, what the heck? We're, we're being scammed yeah. and ream steamed and dry clean. <laughs> ream steamed. And on that, we will leave Adam Bergstrom <laughs> on, that, <laughs> on that note. I've got to run. I got to. I got to catch a, a conference call thing. Um, but thanks so much for being here. Really a pleasure to have you on once a month. Sorry we missed last month, but Mercury was not behaving. Go to solartiming.com, Get some eBooks or SunSync Nutrition and pay ninety nine bucks on SunSync. I did my little thing and I figured out I'm an hour and twenty minutes off my solar here in Dripping Springs. So my nine a.m. You know. Orange juice time is ten twenty here. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's a big difference. It's kind of yeah, it's very interesting on timing. And by the way, thank people for buying our books. Oh because yeah. we're back in they're running in the red again. Because one good thing about California, they were paying us for the problems that were happening. So we had excess money coming in and we were making the rent. So now we gotta sell a lot more books. So Go to Thank Adam. you, everybody, for Thank buying you, our everybody. Books. SolarTiming.com and get some ebooks from Adam. Adam, thanks a lot, brother. I will see you soon. Let me know if you need some help with anything like uh, coffee, sugar, ammo, whatever you need. Just give me a call. <laughs> you have helped us so much, Patrick. Thank you so uh, much and have a great day. It's an honor. May the blessings be. Thank you. May the blessings be. Adam Berkstrom, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Tomorrow, we have Flat Earth Dave and Dr. Samantha Bailey. And uh, she's a good one. She doesn't believe in germs. No germs for her. Nope, nope. Dr. Samantha Bailey, thank you for your support as Adam. That's how we make our house payment. Appreciate it. May the blessings be. I love you. Take care. Bye. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.